0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome uh, to our uh, ACB Fall Board of Directors meeting, uh, hybrid from Schaumburg, Illinois, and also on the Zoom platform and being broadcast around the world on ACB Media 1 and 6. We're simulcasting here today. So uh, again, welcome everybody, and we'll get started. So uh, this is Dan Spoon, ACB president, and I'm going to call the meeting to order and introduce uh, Denise Colley to do roll call and introduction of guests. Thank you, Denise.
1: Uh, Are you muted, Denise? We're not hearing you.
2: I'm not
3: sure she's with us. She's on the on the call.
4: I don't see Denise actually. No.
2: Nope. Okay.
0: Yes, uh, Janet, if you could reach out to her, yeah, that'd be great.
5: I'm, gonna actually- I, I'm here.
2: I'm oh, here. she's here.
0: There okay. she is now. Oh, she's I had
5: okay. to. I had to call in. I just could not get in.
0: Mm. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, send her the link again. But Denise, if you're okay while you're on the phone, go ahead and uh, we'll do roll call. So,
5: okay, Dan Spoon here, Deb Cook Lewis
4: here,
5: Ray Campbell.
0: Um, we got to get the mic for our. We're in the we're in the skate roller skate segment. here here here.
6: And again, everybody, welcome to Schomburg. <laughs>
5: David Trot.
6: Hip, hip, hooray. I'm here today.
5: <laughs> whole
1: time.
5: You guys had way too much sleep. Kim yeah. <laughs> Carlson. I am here. Chris Bell. Here. Rick Bishop. Here. Donna Brown. Here. Pedro Lopez Capati. Right here. Mary Pachico,
7: I
0: got her here. We're we're double teaming. We're double with the microphones with with both <laughs> Connie and, and Nancy.
8: I'm here, and I think the people who are in person ought to be sitting in alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah,
9: me too. That's why we didn't let
8: you come,
0: Rachel? <laughs> uh, go ahead, Denise. <laughs> I'm sorry.
5: Rachel Schroeder? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Dennis Summion? Here. Connie Sims? Here. Jeff Tom?
2: He was here.
5: Bill nice Jeff?
10: He he was here,
2: yeah.
10: We heard him speak earlier. Hmm. IPhone A&T
5: eight. Rep, penny reader here. Um, staff Eric Bridges here. Uh, Clark Rockfall here. Billy Gask here. Nancy Becker? Here. And do we have other staff here today? Cindy Hollis. Suwad Kumar, Okay. Suwad okay. Kumar, Thank you. Thank you.
3: Rick Morin.
5: Yeah. I'm sorry, Rick. I, I'm gonna have to, I'm really not trying to find you out. <laughs> I'm
3: gonna have to take your yeah. uh, coffee away, Denise.
5: I know, boy, that would be disaster. Uh, <sighs> any other stuff? Hearing none, Mr. Chair, that... Oh, do we have guests?
1: Like yes, we do. The guests. Yes, we do.
11: Hi, I'm Paul Edwards.
12: Hi, Anthony Corona.
13: Anthony. Rhonda Trott. Hi, <laughs> Rhonda. <laughs> Janet Dickelman laughing at Connie, who tried to put the microphone in my face. (laughs) 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 Janet?
11: Frank Pacheco?
14: Frank? Karen Campbell? That's all the guests here.
0: All right, that's all the guests that are in the room. And of course, we have many guests uh, listening on ACB Media. So thank Mitch you, Denise. Palmer, for the we call. also have
1: some in here.
0: And, and we always we have, uh, you have a couple of guests on Zoom, right? So um, go ahead.
11: Mitch Pomerantz yep, is here. Yep. Mitch,
0: okay. And I think we may have Michael Garrett on Zoom a little bit later if he's not here now. So.
3: And I believe Janet's here also. I think oh
0: yeah, we introduced. She was at. She's in person. We introduced Janet. Yeah. That was the incident with the microphone tipping. Yeah. Yes. Mr. Chair, I place
5: the call of the roll.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Denise. All right. Welcome, everybody. And uh, three on the agenda is review and approval of the agenda. So, guys, here we go. There's 23 items on the agenda for today. So, as we get started, I will remind our board members there if they're uh, please take advantage of the opportunities for brevity as we have our comments today. So
8: (laughs) Mr. President, I would extend that invitation to staff as well, please.
0: (laughs) So 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 here's our agenda. So everybody, all right, let's get started. So one uh, was called to order Dan Spoon, President. Two was um, Roll call and introduction of guests, Denise Colley, Secretary. Three is review and approval of the agenda, Dan Spoon. Four is review and approval of the August 31st and September 13th telephonic board meeting minutes, Denise Colley. Those concentrated on prioritization of our resolutions and discussion on our code of conduct. Five is our mission moment. Uh, Eric Bridges and Dan Spoon, we're going to celebrate the work of our advocacy team. Six is our consent agenda. There's six items under that. A is our financial statements, a year to date for 2022, uh, Nancy Marks Becker. B is our braille form editor's report in a nutshell by Sharon Lovering c is the advocacy update report from clark rackfall and Swathananda kumar d is our resource development report from bill Reeder and joe lynn bailey page e is our membership services report from cindy hollis and f is our communications report from kelly Gass. seven on the agenda and by the way when we actually do it we're going to move seven ahead of six so Janet can get out of here as quick as possible. I heard her voice in the background there whispering in my ear. So seven is our convention and convention survey feedback report from Janet Dickelman, convention chair, and Rick Morin, uh, IT and ACB media manager. Eight is... Uh, review and approval of amendments to our code of conduct policy and uh, also our procedures document and that's uh, a working group team has been working on that Deb Cook-Lewis our ACB first vice president Mitch Pomerantz our disciplinary chair committee chair along with uh, teammates uh, Chris Bell David Trott and Jeff Tom 9 is the president's report there we're going to talk about a kind of just letting everybody know about the resolutions task force 3.0 and the voting task force 3.0 b is the acb media support committee that has been formed c is the mental health and wellness committee that has been formed d is the newly formed uh, major individual gifts committee E I think is pretty exciting. This is the update of the ACB leadership email list and also the introduction of the draft guidelines for the leadership list for monitoring. Uh, we'll take a vote on those. And then F is expanded a little bit. We've gotta make sure we get our meeting dates in place for our both our budget uh, meetings for both the revenue and the expenses. And then we'll have a telephonic board meeting at the end of january tuesday january 31st and then hopefully it'll only be lunchtime by the time we get to there if it's early we'll go ahead and keep going till we get to lunch janet is lunch served at 12 it's okay so we're going to keep going we'll break at 12 for an hour to eat whenever that that happens maybe only 45 minutes depending on how we're doing with uh with the agenda maybe 10 minutes Uh, it could be a could, could be a Could be a box lunch to go, yes. Um, All right, then uh, after the lunch break, uh, 11 is we're going to uh, hear from our staff reports from our executive director, Eric Bridges, chief financial officer, Nancy Marks-Becker, and perhaps others as called on by by Eric. And then 12 is our financial narrative for 2022 uh, year to date. And that's David Trott, our ACB treasurer, 13, it's time for us to make a decision and do a vote on our drawdown for our legacy endowment uh, fund. So we do a withdrawal or drawdown once a year, and that's done at our fall board meeting. so we'll we'll take that up in item 13. Uh, Item 14 is for the board to approve the recommendation that came from the Advocacy Steering Committee on a resolution. Related to success beyond sight and the National Teachers of the Visually Impaired Registry. Uh, 15 is our Board of Publications report from our wonderful uh, board liaison to, from Publications, Penny Reader, BOP director. 16. Um, is our ACB enterprise services report from Michael Garrett. We will be adjourning as an ACBES board to take a vote uh, on uh, terms for uh, members of the ACBES board. Okay. 17 is a demographic report, uh, where demogra- demogra- demographic and diversity report. So we had it added two new fields to that we're tracking for our membership. Uh, gender identification and race and ethnicity. We want to give you an update on the members that have responded to that and give you some demographics on our uh, staff, board and committees, chairs. So that'll be uh, item 17. And then item 18, And we want to have a discussion on the DC Leadership Conference and some exciting opportunities there. 19 is a discussion on the length of the convention. I'm actually hoping perhaps we can do 19 at the end of Janet and Rick's report. I think that's the right time to have that discussion. Uh, and then 20 will be committee reports from officer, officer, officer liaisons or board members that are assigned as la- liaisons for our committees. We'll then go ahead and go off Zoom uh, and not off Zoom, but off stream. Uh, Our ACB media stream and then 21 will be election of our executive uh, committee for 2023 and 22 will be an executive session where we'll talk about legal matters and 23 is adjourned. Would anybody like to add anything else or make any additions or corrections to the agenda? Yes, Ray. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. They they, they took it away
4: from.
6: Well, then- they won't let David and I have it. <laughs> um, could, since since we're not providing lunch for our guests and they'll have to leave the room anyway, could I suggest we move the executive session up to after lunch and then we could invite them the guests back at, uh, you know after that.
0: I really don't want to do that, Ray. I don't think executive session is going to take that long. And I'd really like to just kind of get cut us off the stream and be done. And, and oh, I back. OK, yeah. yeah, no problem. I, just, I, I just think suggestion. it really will take 15, 20 minutes at the tops. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think it'll take our whole lunch. But thank you for the suggestion. I, I considered that, but I think it fits better at the end. Yeah,
14: I make yes. a motion that we approve the agenda.
0: OK, Connie has made a motion to approve the agenda. Second uh, Second. And Donna Brown has seconded we didn't. Uh, sorry to ignore people on Zoom. I'll make sure and kick you up, pick you all up for seconds and emotions as we move along. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. And there's Jeff Tom. So yep, uh, I'm back. Denise, please recognize that Jeff Tom is in attendance. <laughs> I heard his <laughs> voice. <got> <laughs> All right, now we'll go to item four on the agenda. Back to you, Denise, uh, for the r- review and approval of the August 31st and September 13th ACB Board of Directors meeting minutes.
5: All right, since um, I'm gonna take these as one since it was just a continuation of the initial meeting unless anybody uh, objects. All
8: right, Mr. President, I move uh, acceptance of the minutes.
0: Doug second. Powell has moved approval of I'll the meeting second. minutes, and Two Connie seconds. Sims has seconded. Okay. Any discussion? Okay. Hearing no discussion, all in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. All right. Ooh. Now we're moving on to item five. Was with says our mission moment. My favorite part of the board being I love the opportunity to thank our teams for just doing outstanding work. And today, I'd really like to take a moment to talk about our advocacy team, Uh, obviously our advocacy uh, director, uh, Clark Rackful, and our advocacy specialist, Swathananda Kumar, our advocacy steering committee uh, that's done such an amazing job, as well as our audio description project steering committee, and really wanted to highlight two pieces of legislation that are one that's been introduced and one that's about ready to be introduced. And I'll try to get the names right. But the one is the uh, website and software application Accessibility Act. Is there an accessibility in there? Yes. Yes. Okay. good. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. And the second is the CV which is the Communications and Video Accessibility Amendments Act. Yes. Wow. Okay. And uh, so I tell you, there is an amazing amount of advocacy that's taken place in collaboration to get us to this point. And it's just really, really exciting. I'm going to turn it over to Eric to uh, provide more information.
15: Eric? Well, just for starters, Dan Spoon is a ninja. He has memorized this entire agenda in his head and then got Got the name of the bill correct. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. The opportunity to to introduce legislation um, can be uh, rather infrequent, um, and to uh, be able to work with other organizations uh, in a collaborative spirit to introduce a piece. You know, uh, of legislation like like the uh, the Web Accessibility Bill um, is it, it is a very big deal um, it, it, because of a lot of what it seeks to do. And we'll we'll have Clark talk briefly about this when he's recognized later. But you know, th- this is eighteen months or so in the making. Um, bills like these that are consequential oftentimes take a while to go through uh, various drafts and iterations. Sometimes they start off as as white papers. And, uh, you know, we worked in a very collaborative way and are working with the American Foundation for the Blind, the National Disability Rights Network, and the National Federation of the Blind on this. Uh, A a lot of a lot of conversation has gone on uh, with Members of the advocacy steering committee, uh, Jeff Tom and Chris Bell, and and others to get their feedback on uh, various drafts. Want to recognize Clark and Swatha. Uh, it's it. This stuff is a lot of work just to get a bill like this introduced, and in particular in the Senate, it seems to be more challenging to get legislation introduced in the Senate uh, than it than it is in the House, and we're thankful that. You know there's companion bills but the the much of the action to start with this advocacy really started in the senate and uh, a lot of the work from our end was was really led by by clark and a lot of the the work to have this issue gain a lot of visibility uh, a lot of the outreach and letters to the department of justice uh the sort of the, the you know getting the Organizational uh, sign-ons to those letters. A lot of that has been done by by Swatha, and that's that is uh, that's a bit of a grind. Um, and but but nothing worth having comes without a little bit of a grind, right? Uh, a lot of work. And so, want to thank the two of them for for their efforts. And then you know, there's the CV AAA that that um, we'll get talked about a little bit as well in the introduction, and it's really. Again, sort of the the next phase of the CVAA, as we could not predict the future in 2010 when the bill was signed into law, things have changed. Um, Technology has changed, and there are still gaps that need to be filled, and the CVAA seeks to do that. But, you know, this is one of one of ACB's historical calling cards is the work that we do on Capitol Hill uh, and the collaborative spirit that we that we've always had as an organization working with those that wish to work with us. So I, I just want to say thank you to Clark and, and Swatha. This stuff can be really frustrating. Just to get a bill introduced takes a lot of work and then to have it introduced sure. and and then uh, need to have it reintroduced next year and and that'll happen. Uh, the key is though to get the marker down now so that it is easier to to get it reintroduced and get it moving through the process uh, in the beginning of a new of a new Congress. So just want to say thank you and congratulations to to Clark and Swatha and frankly to ACB. So uh,
0: next, uh, we're gonna ask Clark if he would like to say a few words and then Swatha. So go ahead, Clark.
16: Absolutely thanks so much, Dan and thanks so much, Eric. Um, you know, when people ask me what it's like working with Eric at ACB, I say, you know, it's great, but but Eric can't predict the future. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I really appreciate it and really want to uh, commend everyone within ACB for your advocacy and your work. Um, both of these issues are legislative imperatives. So for those members keeping score at home, that's four legislative imperatives. and. Right now, three bills introduced, uh, Exercise and Fitness for All Act, accessible, durable medical equipment in the House only. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some some more news here before the end of the year on the Senate. And then House and Senate bills for the Websites and, App- and Software Applications Accessibility Act. And we are targeting just a few weeks, mid-November, for the introduction in both the House and Senate of the C.V.A.A. Uh, and as Eric's mentioned, you know, 18 months in the works, weekly and sometimes bi-weekly meetings of our core four groups of national organizations, plus uh, the Honorable Tony Quello, as well as uh, John Wodach, who was really instrumental in writing the EDA regulations um, so many years ago. And now it now it's going to be a lot of work, as Eric mentioned, the grind, but not only the grind from, from staff in the national office, but grind by our affiliates and by our members to reach out to your members of Congress, let them know how important these bills are and how necessary they are. Um, and at, at this point, Again, I'd like to thank Swatha for all the work that she's done, not only reaching out to House offices for that Representative Sarbanes letter that went to the Department of Justice in early September and getting 32 additional members of Congress onto that letter, but also the work she's doing to set up meetings like the one we had yesterday with Representative Bill Arrakis, the co-chair of the Congressional Vision Caucus. To talk about this legislation, um, so Swatha, I'll I'll turn it over to you now.
17: Yeah, um, this bill, like we like we've all said, has has been a long, um, has been over a year in the making, and we've really and if we, we've it's not it's not an issue; it's an issue that's being, um, been going to persist for for a long time, and spell does have brought the brought the support from this blood community so um one of ACB's core, one of ACB's core values is coll- collaboration and we really exemplified this exemplified this in um spell and in the um outreach we've done so i'm like really really, really that i'm like to i'm like that that we are working on this issue and that it's getting attention now so thanks for everything clark
0: Thank you, Clark and Swatha. And Clark, if you could just maybe mention, you said there were four key partners that have all worked together on this. If Absolutely. you could share that.
16: Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is the American Council of the Blind, the American Foundation for the Blind, National Federation of the Blind, and National Disability Rights Network. Uh, so it is you know, predominantly Uh, The legislation was begun by the organizations of and for people who are blind, uh, but it it became quite clear that this is not only a blindness-related issue. This affects people who are deaf and hard of hearing, those with um, speech and communications disabilities, physical and mobility uh, and dexterity impairments. So that's why, as Swatha said, this bill is supported by 21 organizations uh, that represent the entire disability community and the letter that ACB helped lead that went to uh, the, the Congress, the House and Senate, as well as the Department of Justice back in February was signed by over 180 disability and civil rights organizations, including many ACB affiliates
0: thank you clark and now uh jeff tom our member lead from our advocacy steering committee if uh, you wish to make any comments
18: um i do have a question but before i do that i just want to underscore um how we're going to have to really rely on you our membership to support all of the efforts that uh clark and swatha and dan and eric uh ask us to perform next year, especially because it's going to be a real slog to get anything through the, uh, Congress. That's for sure. My question, um, to you, Clark is with respect to the CV AAA. you know, realizing that, that for anything to have a chance to pass uh, these days, um, requires bipartisan support at some level or other. Um, do we anticipate, um, getting folks from both parties on to that bill when it is introduced?
16: Yeah, good question, Jeff. And I would say at at introduction, that is unlikely, but much like all the other advocacy priorities we have, our goal is always for them to be bipartisan. Um, We are, and will continue to speak with offices from both sides of the aisle um, to make those efforts bipartisan because that gives us the, the best chance of them passing in the future.
18: Great. Thank you. And thanks for all of your work.
0: Thank you, Jeff. And now Kim Charlson, our co-chair of the ADP Steering Committee.
1: Thanks, Dan. Um, and I just, I'm not going to take long at all because um, everybody else has really said it so eloquently. And the message is the same, that congratulations on this the introduction of these pieces of legislation in particular. Um, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, mobilizing the audio description community for the CV AAA. When it's introduced, that'll be an exciting um, step for expansion of audio description and something that I think we can empower a lot of people to advocate for who are enthusiasts of of audio description and also the provisions within it that are still being worked on right now related to um, the deafblind community and the National Deaf-Blind Equipment Distribution Program that I've been working with our, our collaborators on for creating the final draft of the legislation. So it's all pretty exciting stuff and looking forward to delving in in the new year and making it a reality. It's exciting, thanks.
0: Thank you, Kim. All right, everybody. Uh, I got uh, before go we ahead, Dan, Mr. President. Yes, go ahead. Ray. Okay, thank you. How did he well, get that microphone?
6: Um, Nancy handed it to me. First of all, hey Kim, you just got a woo out of Karen over here uh, this morning <laughs> with that what you mentioned. But um, before we, uh, just two quick comments. One, we are. Extremely proud here in the state of Illinois of uh, having Senator Tammy Duckworth introduce this. Yes, uh, this legislation um, as a chief sponsor and the Senate side for the Web and Software Accessibility Act. And um, we haven't done it yet, but we will certainly be contacting her office. Um, and um, and uh, well, we're going to contact her and thank her obviously for introducing this legislation. But. Um, Um, The second thing I would say, too, is uh, just to just to echo kind of what Jeff Tom said, and uh, especially with what the tea leaves are looking like with Congress. If you all of our members listening, a couple things, if you are in a Republican uh, district uh, representative or senator wise, get in touch with them, ask them to sign on to this legislation, because even if it doesn't go through this year, which is very unlikely, uh, probably. Uh, it will be reintroduced next year and Congress could be in a different place. And so we all need to make sure that things are as bipartisan as necessary. And not only that, but to everyone listening, if you go to candidate forums or other things, you know, these people are stumping for your votes. Ask them about this stuff. You know, our legislation doesn't get asked about enough. And ask them how they feel about this sort of thing. And, you know, take that into account as you're casting your ballots and that's all I wanted
19: to say.
0: All right, thank you Ray and thank you to all of our advocacy team for all their hard work. Everybody let's give our big team a hip hip. Hooray. Hooray! 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 Hip hip. Hooray. Hip hip. Hooray! Hooray. Congratulations. Thank you Clark swatha everybody for all your hard work. blew out the equipment. Yes, go ahead Terry with a question.
20: Um this is particularly to Clark. I'm curious particularly about the uh, CVAAA, but uh, in both cases, how much participation and work are we collaborating with particularly the National Association of the Deaf and the Hearing Loss Association, since they had so much to do with the original CVAA? Thank you.
16: Yeah, this is Clark. Thanks for that, Terry. Uh, I would say very much. Um, So, of the organizations supporting the Websites and Software Applications Accessibility Act, both National Association of the Deaf and HLAA, Hearing Loss Association of America, are supporters. In addition, uh, Telecommunications for the Deaf is also a supporter. Uh, Disability Rights Education and Defense Fund, who does a lot of advocacy work with the Deaf and Hard of Hearing organizations, they helped craft the language and provided uh, just invaluable um, uh, input and also the, the folks from uh, University of Colorado Boulder who provide a lot of counsel to the deaf and hard of hearing groups as it relates to the CVAA have also provided uh, technical support and guidance on both of these pieces of legislation so i would say our relationships with nad hlaa and tdi are are very strong and that they are great partners in both of these efforts
0: all right thank you very much all right so now we're going to flip uh seven and six so the next item on the agenda is the convention and convention survey feedback report And so I'm going to introduce uh, Janet Dickelman and Rick Morin. So Janet, do you have a mic?
13: I do. Oh,
0: you're up? Oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, take it away, Janet. And I know Rick uh, Rick, uh, will be right right. by your side. Okay. Thank
13: you. Very good. Thank you so much. And thank you for adjusting this agenda for me, Rick. I appreciate this. Uh, Rick is the survey guru, and he has all of this data compiled very nicely. I was on several community calls. We had three of them. And my data is not compiled nearly as nicely as Rick's. I had sent it to him, being that he's a statistician, and there was some problem with him <laughs> receiving it. And so I'm just going to try to fill in with community data as Rick is going through the survey. So if there's something that an area that was covered that I want to talk about on community calls, I'm just going to break in when uh, Rick is going through his survey. And that's- Janet, could you speak up, please? Oh. That's what I said. Is my mic up there. There you go. Okay. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Nice. So did you get any of that at all? Yes. Okay. All right. So Rick, if you want to go ahead and start with the survey and I will just kind of jump in and add in some data from the community calls as needed. And I want to thank um, Deb Cook-Lewis and Kenneth Semyon and Dan for also being on the community calls along with me in some instances for me um, and helping get data from our members who did, may or may not have completed the survey. And I believe during the community calls, we probably had in total about 40 people who responded during the three days that we had calls. Yeah. Okay, right. And
0: they're all members of our what uh, convention steering committee, And we also spoke to what both the special interest affiliate circle and the
3: affiliate presidents as well. Yeah.
13: And we'll throw in some information from that as we go along.
3: Fantastic. Okay, Rick. Okay, Hi, everybody. This is actually the second time that I'm presenting to the board uh, survey information. Um, This time there was a report that was put in the board of directors folder. And I've made some more annotations to their report since you guys have seen it. So I'll give another copy of it to Nancy to, to repost out there. But um, one of the basic differences between the first time I reported and now is that, um, you know, had, it just to kind of review the, the way the survey went, the structure of the survey, we basically had a series of dimensions um, about the convention that we were asking people, we would make a statement about things. And those statements are all in the report. And we can summarize them if anybody has any questions. But uh, you know, we made a statement and asked people to agree or disagree with the statement. And all the questions at the same scale. So we're able to do apples to apples comparisons between one thing and another. And one of the cool things that you'll see here that I'll talk about a little bit later is um, you know, if you look at voting and resolutions, those two things are kind of similar in a way. But they had much different reactions uh, in in terms of positive, negative reaction from people. So so we'll talk about that later. So everything was done on this on, on this agree, disagree scale. And I focused primarily on the people that agreed and disagreed. Dropped out those people that didn't have an opinion, pretty much. Um, and uh, and we'll talk about some of those numbers as we go. But the thing that I that I did in addition to that was. Uh, And there may be other dimensions here which you all think are important, but it occurred to me that two things that I think were uh, factors that we uh, needed to take a look at was what bearing does age have on some of these answers? In other words, uh, I basically took uh, two age groups, 45 and younger and over 45, and are there any differentiation between those age groups in terms of 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 responses? Um, so uh, uh, so so that's there. the other thing I looked at too on some of the some of the items, not all of them, because I didn't think it was relevant on some of them. and and then there are other things where I I feel it was um, uh, relevant to look at, um, the difference between people who attended virtually only and those people that had an in-person experience. So we'll 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 see some about that. We had just you know we we had a pretty good sample. We had 560 people respond to the survey. 460 completed it. So um, you know I, I I think the you know the survey is pretty good. Um, in terms of the number of people who were younger than 45, that only represented like 20% of the of the of the results. But I think 20% of the people that responded. But I think it was a big enough group where um, uh, we can see some trending there with with some of the with those people on some of these questions. Okay, so let let's step through the stuff. Oh, the other thing too that that is different over the last time is we had some open en- ended questions. One was what were the things that you liked about the convention. And the other one was, what are the things that you would uh, you you have some thoughts about how we could do it differently, uh, what I'm calling constructive criticism. And um, we had over eleven hundred uh, you know we took each one of the answers and decomposed it into individual elements. And there were eleven hundred things that people basically responded to. So uh, please understand it was a very laborious, very t- time consuming process to compile that data. But, but we've got some good data here and uh, in terms of the open-ended. As I go through some of these questions, I'll tell, there are some things which didn't get commented on at all. Uh, as an example, one of those things was uh, the ACB member account was one of the questions we asked about. I think it was the first question in the survey. There was absolutely nobody that commented on that in the open-ended questions and the response on that was pretty positive. Um,
13: Nobody uh, mentioned that in community either, but
3: so, so, you know, I'll, I'll make those notions. Thank you. There are those annotations. Thank you, Janet. Okay. So let's see here. Let's, let me just kind of go through my notes. Any questions so far?
19: Yeah, this is Chris Bell. Um, I know we're going to have a demographic report later, um, but I'm, I'm curious whether there's any breakdown of data from the, uh, white versus non-white uh, membership.
3: Um, well, the we have demographic we have demographic data, Chris. And what I will say, what I said in the report, and I'll I'll say here too. Anybody that wants me to slice the numbers along various lines like like that, like a, like racial makeup, I will do that. I haven't done it at this point, but I'll be happy to do that. Okay, Chris. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of factors uh, that were, you know, that, that drive uh, what, uh, why people choose to go to the convention in person. Just to review those, the number one factor was location, followed by cost, uh, followed by special interest affiliates. Uh, one of the things that surprised me quite a bit in this survey is that there was a very, very strong sentiment of of, of people gaining a lot of value out of the special interest affiliate sessions, and you know a lot of the positive comments um, in the open-ended questions were around special interest affiliate sessions. Uh, there were also comments, though, about how some of these sessions uh, were in conflict with each other from a scheduling standpoint. We'll talk about that later. But uh, you know, one of the big, one of the big negatives out, out of out of the whole survey, uh, and it's pretty much qualitative out of the open-ended questions, is this feeling that the that the that the convention is too long, and the thing that took the biggest hit was the three the two or three days post-convention. People were pretty much you know you know pretty much universally negative about about having to stay on you know for that period of time. The other thing was too many sessions going on concurrently, and that there are sessions which uh, uh basically are in conflict with each other. Um and, and it's just not all community, you know. It, it, there's been a lot of a, a lot of sentiment about community interfering with stuff, but there's also you know a lot of sentiment about, and I'm not saying I agree with that, so don't please don't read it, read anything into that, into that statement. There's also though a lot of you know, a a lot of criticism of the fact that we've got sessions about similar topics going on at the same time, not enough time in between sessions, and basically too much going on all at one time. And, um, and, and, you know, one of the conclusions to draw here, one of the things that definitely happened were very few people were in attendance at breakout sessions. And, you know, a large part of that is the, the fewer number of people that are there in person, spread across you know a a high number of sessions you're diluting your audience into any any individual session
13: and that also was very heavily played upon on the calls that we held so that data really follows through
0: besides the breakout sessions of course we also have active tours going on in the exhibit hall at the same time
3: right yeah right um, so again uh special interest affiliate social activities you know uh, or the ability to socialize act you know was was high on the list um uh tours uh, was one of the major factors and this is in the order in, in in which they occurred that this and and the last one was the banquet of the banquet speaker so so that was kind of an ordinal or a or a uh, a ranked uh, set of factors that that you know were uh, driving people to our to our in person convention. We talked about ACP membership. That was question three. Question four was uh, the daily newspaper that scored high, for the most part. Well, the the people that agreed with the newspaper providing them the information they needed was fifty two point six percent every question on the survey scored the you know the majority was positive. Uh, 52.6 you know is is somewhat of a it, I mean it's not as big a majority as we had with some other things but uh but but that is how that one scored. I did not uh, break that down any further. The length of the convention now this one's interesting um in terms of the people that agreed that the length of the convention was appropriate it was 40 40.6 percent forty uh, percent that is um you know I, I would I think it's fair to say the majority of people felt that the convention was not the appropriate length um for people age forty five and under uh they were less worried about about the uh, the length fifty nine percent of those people thought the length was just fine uh over the age of forty five uh forty percent uh uh just a little bit little over forty percent felt that that was appropriate um in terms of people who attended virtually versus people who were who were attending in omaha um the people the virtual only people and this is that you know this is somewhat intuitive too were less concerned about the length 40 uh, 45.94% were less concerned about the length and people uh, in omaha who the people who were in omaha 32% of those people agreed which meant that 60 or 70% felt it was too long of the people that attended Omaha, now that makes good intuitive sense because people are going to Omaha have travel to consider, and all that type of stuff. Whereas the people who are virtual are just you know only having to to access things virtually.
13: And basically, that was that was the same with the people who called in on the community calls, um, as far as the length is concerned, and the same criteria basically.
15: Now hey, Rick, I'm going to
7: jump
19: down again. here to. I got one more question.
3: So, ahead, chris. um
19: i get confused when we talk about the length of the convention because there were pre-convention meetings and then there are post-convention meetings
13: that's all but counted we, in his length of the convention
19: okay that was my question
13: yeah okay
3: yeah and it, but chris it, it is somewhat you know uh, it, it when we start talking length like of convention that is an ambiguous thing for some people some people answer only in terms of omaha some people answer so so we're you know we're we're making okay. generalizations based on the data that we're getting but but your point's well taken okay now voting voting was if i drop out the number of people who um didn't have an opinion about about voting um 94.1 percent of the people were positive about the voting process 94 percent Wow. Um, voting task force.
0: Yay. Way to go. Right.
13: And we so, had nothing but glowing reports about voting also on the community calls. Everybody loved the availability of voting on their own. And yeah. We so
3: destroyed. so that's a huge success. Congratulations Thanks, to everybody. Sir. Yes. You know, now, if you contrast that with resolutions. Yes. <laughs> um, Still some work, resolutions task forces. Resolution still scored high, (laughs) but scored quite a bit lower than voting. Resolution scored 76.7%, which is pretty good, right? So if you're saying, you know, did did we, you know, did we, you know, I mean that's a pretty good score. Okay. So so part of the way that was worded was, you know, the process was democratic. And I think people really focus in on the word democratic. Uh, nowhere in any of the open-ended questions did anybody question, you know, the fairness of the process. A lot of what people were were upset about in the open-ended questions was just the the amount of time that was going to debate. Uh, it was kind of interesting. One of the one of the things that were coming out in open-ended was there were a lot of people in the breakout sessions that felt like the people on Zoom were not adequately represented in in the in the interaction. That the people in the room were getting prefer- preferential uh, ability to to, to, enter, to uh, interact. But I'll, I'll tell you, on resolutions, I, I just completed all the editing of all the general sessions, by the way. And the podcast will be available in the next few days. The video has all been all recorded. AV scored pretty, pretty low. We'll talk about that later. Every AV problem we had uh, has been corrected in the recorded version. One of the major problems we had in the area of AV was the fact that people on Zoom could not get the nuance of the room, because a lot of the room sounds were dropped out. We, we use recordings in the, in the edited versions of things that were recorded directly in the rooms. So all that's in there. So stay tuned; you'll be seeing uh, you'll be seeing that stuff hit the podcast here pretty soon. Um. So yeah. So um, that's great. And left up on resolutions, I think. Did you? Yeah, yeah, on 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 resolutions. So, now so, on, so, on you know. So Rick. Oh yeah, the, the the point I was trying to make is on resolutions, the dynamic was reversed, and this came out in the open and open ended stuff. And that is, the people on Zoom really dominated uh, what was going on, yeah. and and the and the people that were there in person, uh, let's just say some of them were not too pleased about that. Okay. okay.
18: Rick, very um, quick question on that yeah do you do you feel that the problems that you have this year will be easily correctable next year or or not
3: do, the av you... problems yes yes we we learned a tremendous amount jeff um uh you know to say will it be a you know, problem free no but i of course uh you know having i i relived every minute of that thing editing it and and i am I, you know, I, I just met with some of the A V people here at the hotel in Schaumburg. Um, the problem we're gonna have in Schaumburg is that stuff here is very, very expensive. So, um uh so to, to and I won't get into exact numbers, but it's gonna be a lot more expensive for us to do here what we did uh in um uh, in Omaha uh at the so, uh, but that, that'll that come up later, I'm okay. sure. Well,
18: good. Thank you very much.
3: Yep. You're welcome. And I know you'll hold me to that next year, Jeff, right? Um, those who attended virtually um, were at, on resolutions uh, were a lot more positive than those people that that were there in person. That's what I just said. That, that proved out in the numbers. Okay. Um, and it was 79% versus uh, 72%, 7% swing. You can argue that some of this stuff's within the uh you know within the, within the 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 range of the error, um whatever that's called, the uh margin, margin of error. error, but 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 they're still they're still pretty consistently uh, sig- significant that way. Um okay, voting. We talked about voting, um business meetings. Um, again, one of the things I was coming out very strong in the, um, uh, on on the, on the positive and negative side of the open-ended questions on the positive side, people really like the business being done during the course of general session. At least there was a, when I say people, um, you know, in this new annotated version of the report, I'm not late. I originally I was, I was labeling some things as frequently made comments um there are comments that were made multiple times you know to say something is frequent maybe may you know maybe a little unfair um but there are people that that uh you know you know like the fact that we that we are doing business in general session and there were people on the negative side that felt like we didn't do enough uh business um uh during general session. Uh, and there are all kinds of comments there about we should spread stuff out. we should get resolutions all done during the course of general session, you know on and on and on. you you guys, I'm sure will know know those things and and you know one of the th- there there are two spreadsheets that I embedded into the report that you may have trouble opening if you do uh, let let me and Nancy know we'll get you the exact spreadsheets. but in those spreadsheets you will find the exact text of every answer. Uh, they came out in the open-ended questions so that you can see them for yourself and uh, and, and you know you can you can draw the, draw whatever co- conclusions you want to draw from that yourself.
13: And most of the people during the commu- most of the people in the community calls felt that as far as the resolutions were concerned that that should be done virtually outside of the hybrid portion of the convention because they felt that the hybrid portion of the convention should during our general sessions be a little meatier than having a lot of the business as part of the hybrid general session. I don't know. Janet,
18: Janet, can I ask, or, or Mr. President, can I ask a question about what Janet just said? Sure. Um, well, I'm not want, Mr.
13: President, but yes. No, no, I don't I know.
18: Um, If if people wanted resolutions to be done uh, out of the hybrid portion, but they also wanted the convention to be shorter, those are uh, somewhat inconsistent viewpoints. Yeah, necessarily
13: they
0: are, Jeff. And and we've got I think once we get through the survey, you you've uh, socialized with the convention steering committee, with the voting task force, some different groups, right, Janet? uh, So we'll get we'll get to some. uh, I'll say. Initial draft outline or suggestions of things maybe we can do for next year. So. Okay, thank you.
3: Yeah, it's impossible to do everything that we've done before in a hybrid environment and not and not do it the way we did. Um, you know, but, by the way, you know, we talked about a number of concurrent sessions being too many. In a non-hybrid event, we actually would have more concurrent sessions going on than what we did with those four hybrid rooms. Um, when we used to do the in-person conventions, I was—I used to complain like crazy because I had as many as twelve meetings going on at one time that I needed to have AV going for. So, so this is you know, the amount of of you know how we program and over-program perhaps is is not a not a new issue.
15: Okay.
3: Um, pre, uh, you know, there was a question here about pre-recorded material and whether or not people felt the pre-recorded material was moving the agenda along 72 percent of the people said yes there are some very uh vocal people out there that are very negative about pre-recorded stuff and and to me a answer of 72 percent of the people that are positive about it uh you know i would suggest that we just you know keep in mind uh that You know, the vocal people don't always in this case, the vocal people aren't representing 72 percent of the people that are that are answering the questionnaire. So I would say that the pre-recorded stuff uh, is is not something that we ought to be challenging. Now,
0: although, Rick, I I think we did find if you space it out. It's much more digestible than if you have a long segment with pre pre recorded material. So I yeah. think we learned something there, right, yeah. Janet, from the programming side. I believe. Yeah,
3: and and there were some criticisms of the pre recorded right. stuff. I'm sorry, Janet. Go ahead.
13: No, I was just agreeing that Dan is correct. I didn't really have any comments during community about that, other the and other than I think people seem to like it. I know there were issues. The only comments we had in the community calls and this is something that of course we've worked out now with the AV issues but was the difficulty hearing some of the recorded sessions but that's not an issue for future because we know what we need to do for that
3: yeah back to the edited version of the you know one of the i mean the people on zoom uh the in retrospect from an AV perspective had an inferior experience for the from the general session than the people that, that were there in person Uh, There were times where sessions could not be heard at all on Zoom. All of that stuff again in in the uh, in in the edited stuff has been corrected. So um, you know you might just want to start getting the word out that you know if you want to if you were uh, listening to it on Zoom and felt like you missed out on some of the some of the nuance and some of the experience of of being there live, I think you'll you know you'll you'll pick up a lot of it by by revisiting the video and or the podcasts. um now one of some of the criticisms of pre-recorded material scholarships one of the things that was that was driving people crazy on scholarships was we were cutting in and out with different people um and and people weren't always clear as to who was the person talking um so uh you know i mean we from a production standpoint those scholarship videos were edited extreme extremely well there's no question about that but some of the people had trouble following the the flow of them. It was different than yeah. than I just that also. Than, than just the talking head, you know, asking the question and then the student answering. Um so and and so just, you know, and, and again, you know, the you know, some of the and, the and I'm just pointing out things that came up in the open-ended stuff. Um, you know, if I were to put numbers on how many people said that, it's not a huge number, right? But it is. It, it it is something that that is being said so
13: but i think for the scholarship videos we could probably do the same format just maybe have that little audio clue cue in there saying mary is saying here, now here's mary or now here's, here's fred or whatever
0: maybe we could add audio uh, uh, audio we'll descri- description, description to just,
3: the videos yes. yeah
13: and i think that would solve that issue um, denise, Dan.
3: you know we had a question rick? about the interaction of you know of, of people i'm sorry rick De- i'm sorry
0: didn't De- denise were you wanting to say something i thought yeah, I, I was didn't.
5: just gonna say we we had a really hard time with that too and, and we kind of felt like it was sort of had been decided that we were going to do it that way so we are open to any feedback about what we can do that will make that process um go much smoother because it it was really difficult. Yeah.
13: But and, this year was extremely different than other years because we had the three years of scholarship recipients. So.
5: Yeah, except that when we were doing the interviews, we only interviewed one for this year. Oh, that's year. true.
0: So, some something for the scholarship committee and the AV team and all to kind of work at for next year. Yeah, but what yeah, I would suggest anybody exactly. that's
3: involved in 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 programming type decisions and taking some of this information and trying to perhaps decide to to do something differently, I I would really encourage you to read the actual responses, and you'll get a sense of how many people are saying this kind of stuff. And, and, and you can, you know, pick up on some of the nuances, some of the answers. When we tabulate, we have to put everything in buckets and put everything in categories. But uh, I, I would really, really encourage you to, you know, th- those spreadsheets that are in there have all the answers. Please, uh, you know, uh, again, there's a danger in just listening to what a few people say. Uh, you have to look at it from a macro level. And I would suggest that you that you go through all that stuff yourself. Okay, All that detail um okay the interaction of in-person attendees and and people that were in zoom oh, um i'm sorry okay. okay um 49 overall 49 percent of the people were positive about that that is not such a great number um of those um If if you drop out the people who who did who didn't have an opinion about it, though, 61% of the people were positive. So uh I, I think 61% again, if you just look at the people that that answered yes or no, agree, disagree, 61 of those people were positive. People that attended virtually um uh had a slight, there wasn't a whole lot of difference between people who attended virtually and people who had who attended from in Omaha. And you know, 61% versus 60%. From an age uh, differentiation point of view, there was a pretty good uh, differentiation. Forty-five years old and under, seventy-one percent of the people felt good about it, and uh, people that are that are above age forty-five, only sixty-two percent of the people felt good about it. Um,
13: and that's kind of how it was community-wise. Also, the only thing that we had a few comments on is people in the Zoom room felt that maybe they weren't as included as people in the meeting room the other side of the coin was people in the meeting rooms felt that there were so many people attending via Zoom that there was such small attendance in person that it felt like there was nobody at the meeting and maybe they would have liked to have known you know how many people were listening on Zoom or participating via Zoom which might have given them a little better feeling that the session was being more well attended.
8: Question uh, this is Doug uh, on the voting kind of issues and especially the resolutions. Was any uh, did you uh, did you include demographics on whether they were first timers or uh, or veterans? Because um, I got the sense that a lot of the people who were talking about the resolutions on Zoom. We're first time voters. Yeah, that's a
3: very good point, Doug. I I've got that data that I can slice that way. I haven't, but I will. That's that's right. a very that's a very good point. Thank
8: you. Because I think it a part of the problem is an experiential, you know, experiential one.
3: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um sponsor present okay, COVID. Um most of the people, well, COVID scored pretty low. Ninety percent of the people felt like we had appropriate COVID measures. Um, a whole ton of people didn't have an opinion. Um, uh, you know, 30, 38 uh, percent of the people were were negative about it. Uh, I didn't calculate if you drop out the no opinion people. The people that were the most negative about it in the open-ended questions were those that got sick. Okay. And um you know, they you know uh, there were comments, and they're like, my roommate got sick, and why? And then I got sick, and then I started to wonder why we weren't, you know, worrying about hand sanitation and that type of stuff. So, um, just FYI.
13: And yes, but and basically, the community was the same. Uh, With the addition that people who did get sick, who were in person, were very glad that when they quarantined in their room, they were able to attend sessions via Zoom. Um, So they still had an option of being close, being a part of the convention, even though they weren't physically a part of the convention. Um, And as far as COVID, the comments that we had kind of ran the gambit of you were too picky to you didn't do enough. So it's kind of, you know, why did you make people show their vaccine cards? Why did you have areas that were just masked only to, why didn't you do, you know, ABC to prevent COVID? So, it was, you know, kind of very interesting. Yeah, One
3: one of the threads that came out in the open-ended question was, you know, even in cases where you had things like this, like like, like the rows where they're supposed to be masked only, it wasn't being enforced. I mean... I, I, I'm just saying that's what yeah. the feedback that's was. The that, that's what the perception it made, was. It
13: wasn't the reality, but it was the perception. No, no, I, I understand. Right. No, I know. I'm
6: I
3: understand. just saying. Rick and Janet,
6: a question that I have in in the open-ended comments, and I'll certainly take a, a look at these. Did you get a lot or comments about people saying that after we started getting cases
3: that we should have gone mask required? No. No, there's absolutely nothing. Nope. No, no comments on that at all.
13: Interesting. I had nothing about that either. The only comment I had was, well, maybe you should have let us know that there were so many more, you know, that there were additional cases. And I said, well, we, we did send out information as it was available. But also, we can't tell you that Joe has COVID because of Joe's privacy. So if Joe chooses not to isolate, I can't tell you to stay away from Joe.
3: Okay, sponsorships, a lot of comments in open-ended questions about sponsorships. People liked Microsoft, they liked Vespero and, and they liked Comcast. They those three came out pretty positive. Now, there are whole there were other people that thought the sponsor presentations were too were too long to, you know, too much focus. I think a lot of what people were complaining about, quite frankly, was when we would roll that sponsor recognition every day at the front of the session. I think that's what triggered a lot of a lot of the feel feeling that we were spending too much time on the on the sponsors.
13: And I ha- I had nothing on that.
3: But 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 there was positive feedback specifically about Microsoft Sparrow and Comcast. And and you know when I edited that stuff all three of those presentations were pretty good, pretty pretty substantive. Auction uh you know uh, that came out Pretty much overwhelmingly in favor. People
13: loved it. Yep, yeah, people loved the virtual. Um, there
3: were some people on the negative side that still missed it being in person, but you know, I'd I'd say they were very very much in the minority. The audio quality, uh, we talked about that. Um, you know, even though we had all the problems, there were still fifty seven percent of the people thought the audio quality was pretty good. Um, it w- audio quality did not. You know, I, 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 again, the the Zoom people had a had a had a substandard. Uh, um, uh, experience and we will do better next time but
0: would you say that was
3: primarily
0: in general session i think in the breakout sessions yeah. they, yes they really yes were,
13: no one complained yes, about, about the, the breakout session. quality yeah. sound quality in the breakout yeah
3: the breakout sessions were the breakout session quality was basically what you're experiencing here today um i mean it sounded just like you know just like it sounds here now It's the way it was sounding in breakout sessions That's funny. Okay. Okay, um, and I'll just—I've got some notes here about open-ended questions. Let me see if I—if I haven't hit on, hit on everything that I wanted to hit on. Um, again, there will be a um, another version of this in the folder uh, once I can get it to Nancy. Breakout sessions—people are very positive about, it. of course. Po- people are very positive about talking book narrator and NLS. That probably got the most number of, of positives. In terms of what people liked, uh, programming it was interesting. We, has, we had as many um, positive comments about programming as we had negative comments about programming, and and it was a, it was the biggest number by far. Now it was like 120 and 120. Now, of course, if you if you decompose that 120, it's probably covering about 65 topics. Okay. So so, it's not like there are there weren't too many things that kind of bubbled up to the top, but NLS was one of those things that bubbles up to the top, and and, and peop, there were s- several people that talked about a three D event, and I had no clue what that was. Yeah, yeah
10: that was the
13: three D audio experience that uh, oh okay BPI, BPI,
3: BPI did well, yeah I'm, I'm glad I'm bringing this that up that was really
13: popular last year too and I yeah it was really it, it, it
3: it 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 had a lot of mentions opening session had positive mentions uh tech presentations always get a lot of positive mentions special interest affiliate programming there were a lot of people that went out of their way to talk about the value that they saw in special interest affiliate stuff yes um
2: Now, in terms
3: of negative comments, um, let's see here. Um, Scheduling was, there was just a lot of things about scheduling and negative comments. Too many sessions, schedules of conflict. We talked about that earlier. Um, uh, There are a lot of comments about the manner in which we conducted business, you know, the process, process about, you know, resolutions and that type of thing. People were saying that, We should have done you know a lot of the business sooner we should have spread it out over the week i mean all stuff we've heard anecdotally that stuff did come out in the uh, in the open and open-ended stuff uh too much time spent on scholarships um you know set aside the format people just felt like we were spending some people felt like we spent too much time on scholarships Um, uh, there are people that were feeling we had too many virtual presenters and it, it it really kind of blows my mind um you know why people get hung up on that, but they do. Um there is a good number of people that feel like we're being they're being short shrifted if somebody does it virtually versus being there in person. Don't don't understand that because you know you get some really dynamic some really dynamite um you know people virtually and that is not an area that I that let's put it this way, we don't have enough data that should cause us to want to do anything differently than the way we're doing it in that regard. That didn't
13: really come out in the calls that we were on um, as far as virtual. The only thing that I said, as I said earlier, that came, the only thing, as I said, that came out earlier was just making sure that the Zoom and in-person are kind of both recognized and that there should be If possible, there were several comments about this. If possible, there should be someone in the room, not necessarily, you know, not that you can't present virtually, but there should be someone in the room who is overseeing what's going on. Facilitating, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. That's the word I was looking for.
0: So thank you. Thank you, Rick and Janet. Uh, well, actually, I, just, I just questions. got a couple,
3: couple more points, okay. and then I'll, then I'll okay. be done. Okay. okay. Zoom protocol was a big issue. There were a lot of people that were angry and upset at how people conducted themselves on Zoom. Uh, you know, and, and having edited the general sessions, I don't think that was such a big problem. Uh, but you know, whatever. Just FYI on that. Um, and one thing that drove a lot of people crazy was the fact that once we got past Tuesday their program no longer uh, was matching what we were doing at general sessions very well and uh, so that came up several times uh, in the in the negative side
15: so yeah. okay
3: and that's it for me
0: All um right. so a couple of questions and then i want janet to spend a little bit of time on the kind of feedback from the convention steering committee sure. with options to now move forward for next year so go ahead
6: right sure just an observation um so even when, when we've done strictly in-person conventions people talked about scheduling and too many things scheduled at once but i just i guess i find when it's interesting is that people are talking about there's a lot of people who are talking about scheduling and too many things scheduled at the same time but yet they want the convention shorter i'm not, i don't know how, i do not know i don't get that but we'll it'll be interesting to see how that all uh, works um and um I think one of the things talking about breakout sessions, and I know it was a comment that I made and I heard it from other people as well, is that when you're, if you're back to back in a session and you've got people that are trying to get out of the room in person and trying to get in, you had the people talking on Zoom. And that is a, that is a real problem for totally blind people. And so, I think um, maybe we could look at some other things, either changing some Zoom protocols or having a volunteer to to assist people um, that might be having difficulties. Yeah, you'd have
3: to have an engineer in each room, each one yeah, of the breakout rooms. Yeah, I know. Managing I know. It's
6: okay, not easy.
3: Which you know, uh, which if we have if we have a resource available, that would be the right thing to do. But we didn't have resources to do it this year, Ray. Right?
8: Ray, are you saying that people couldn't find the door to get out and stuff like that? I'm not sure what you're saying about that.
17: He, he said yes. Yes.
8: Okay. All right. So it sounds like we could have anybody who has a session have some kind of a volunteer to uh, help people out the
0: room at the end. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know if we can solve it all here, but yeah, there's a couple. Can we good, mute people on Zoom thank or could we help facilitate you. people getting in out of the room?
13: Yeah. There's they, a couple. Thank different you. That's things. a very good point. Well, and and take that. And into this is Kim.
1: And just a comment that... Um, it doesn't have to be necessarily a sighted person. If they're having trouble finding the no, door it, in a large I room. I can stand by the door person. and say, here's
13: the door. Here's the door. If whatever. I can find it.
1: <laughs> so yeah. we, can, we can use our members to help us solve some okay. of the problems too.
0: Thank you, Kim. Uh, thank you. And then Deb, I think you, you yeah, asked for the floor. Yeah. Just
4: a really quick um, item on that. We really did try to recruit volunteers to be in the room because we did know this, but because the convention was less attendance and because there were so many sessions we had four sessions going at a time plus people as rick's already pointed out on the tours and the exhibits and wherever they were we really did not get a high recruitment on volunteers to come and be in the room so um, it would have helped some of the sessions themselves did not plan for, because they didn't think about it, did not plan for their own session to have somebody in the room. And so some of our sessions were completely virtual. And um, that that's something that we've already concurred that we're not going to let happen. So um, if you're going to have a session, you're going to have to plan for people yeah, or or be in the virtual time. But if you want to be in the hybrid sessions, whatever number we have next year, you're going to have to provide someone in the room, not to be technical, but to at least do things like um, make sure everyone is uh, has a place to sit and make sure that the mic is moved around and make sure that people can find their way in and out of the room, etc. cetera, all those things. So we, we really did try to do that because we knew, but we really weren't able to accommodate it very well without more volunteers.
0: Yeah, as Ray said, we it was our first time, so we learned a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, Janet, if uh, if you could take a moment and uh, kind of report out uh, the feedback you got from the convention steering committee after listening to all the feedback. Yes, so
13: we have we have a few thoughts, and we of course you know. One of the things we have talked about is our, well, first of all, everybody loved the auction and we're going to do the auction. We're going to do it virtually. And uh, we thought that worked out very well. We talked about doing. Rick brought this up initially, and we concur that this is a great idea. If there's any glitches in our general session, opening general session Saturday evening, when we have a morning general session on Sunday, we don't really have time in between to work on those. So what we have thought about doing, instead of having an opening a uh, morning general session on Sunday, we will go to having three hybrid sessions instead. And these three hybrid sessions would start mid-morning and, and by noon so that the affiliates could go on with their luncheons and afternoon sessions. But they might be, might be an advocacy session, might be a transportation session. Some a couple of sessions that we feel could really be high impact sessions for our attendees. So we would do that opportunity to be more interactive, right? So we would do that on Sunday morning, versus having a morning general session. Because we would do that. And because of the information that we have gotten from a lot of our attendees, we would like to move the business of resolutions and uh, bylaws to Prior to those days, prior to the in-person or the hybrid convention that uh, probably Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, where we would have all the discussion on the resolutions and on the, That's the be. That's bylaws and amendments. So, and we know that that you know could be problematic. We were trying to figure out how we would do it to assist people who were working. Maybe do it in the evenings but try to get all of that discussion taken care of prior to getting together in Schomburg. And then we would have the voting for all the resolutions awesome. as we did. We would do that Wednesday afternoon after general session, we would open up the individual voting and Thursday morning we would do the affiliate roll call for all of the resolutions and we would approve them as we did last year any resolutions that needed to be voted on would be in that voting block
0: right that required a record vote along with the constitution and bylaw amendments which require a record vote so the record vote we would do individuals wednesday Wednesday afternoon from two to six so to speak and then do the roll call thursday thursday
13: morning morning, the seventh
0: yeah which we did the following wednesday after the convention hybrid portion was over last year so we're trying to get We're trying focusing to to get rid of this after Monday, Tuesday,
13: Wednesday that we had the week after the convention, because that was the thing that people people didn't really comment or have an issue with sessions that were Zoom only prior to the convention. It was those three days after. We also have, based on a recommendation from an exhibitor and this is, our several exhibitors, this was one of our things that we said, huh, how come we never thought about this earlier? Uh, Michael and I had a conference call with exhibitors after the convention, and one of the things we talked about was having probably Sunday evening, instead of having the exhibit hall open from one to five as it normally would, have an evening exhibit hall opening, maybe from three to nine. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We all, we, uh, we just kind of got quiet when someone recommended that. And Michael and I said, huh, what a great idea. <laughs> so we, were, I think that would be, you know, wonderful. So um, the other things we're talking about, of course, people loved the tours. We'll still have our tours, of course. Um, and we will still, one comment that I got that I didn't mention during the community is we had a lot of people who really enjoy the virtual audio described tours. So thank you. Thank you for all of those. So we want to continue with those. As far as the exhibitors offering them individual Zoom rooms, which we did after the convention was over. Also, the exhibitors have said that they would really like to do it before the convention gets started. So we would do that. We would have our exhibitor meet and greet kind of open house as a virtual event as we did this year. And then the next two days, there would be Zoom rooms that they would set up that we would um, promote the links for. And we would do that on the Thursday and Friday of that week. So they would, so that whether you were coming in person or whether you were attending uh, the convention virtually. And really, if you're coming in person, what a great way to be able to interact with a vendor prior to the convention and maybe say, hey, I wanna buy this, could you make sure you bring this? Or are you gonna have that at your booth? So we thought that was also a great idea. Um, Janet? Yes.
1: This is Kim. I wanted to ask a question about tours and the audio described tours. Yes. You know, I we work really hard to get those tours mm-hmm. and they're they're from all kinds of different places. Yes. Um I I'm wondering if I could work with you and Rhonda to identify where the tours are going to be going this year, and then we could reach out and say, We're going to be coming. Can can you think about producing an audio described tour of your Facility, sure we can talk that we, we could put on that, that tour channel, but also give them some information about places where they could go to have somebody craft it because we're not going to write it for them. Right. Sure, you know, sure. they they're going to have to plan and think a little bit about the tour possibility and you know some of the museums maybe that we visit or that kind of thing. So I just like to kind of give again give people a little bit more of an experience, yep. but not at the same time, make it so experiential that they say, well, I don't need to go because I have the tour right. I can listen to. We want to. them to
6: come, doggone <laughs> it. Yes,
1: we we okay. want them to come, but at the it's same a, time. It's a teaser, it's it's not a. teaser, not yeah. some um, yes. full Monty. Okay. No. Exactly. Okay. Well,
6: think- well hey. Hey, this is Janet. A couple things. First of all, before you leave, I need to see you. I've got a, I had a hotel checkout issue that I need to talk to you about. Um, but second, because I already checked out. Um, well, two... then I'm leaving the room
13: quickly, Ray.
6: Okay, well, I'll just tell you. Um... No,
13: that's all right.
6: Okay. Okay.
13: I'll, I'll come over and talk to
6: you. No problem. Talk. So uh, two things. Uh, one, one thing I'd like to see maybe explored uh, as a community event and maybe working with our parliamentarian or something One of the things that happened in the resolutions stuff this year was there was a lot of just questions and clarifications, and those things are important. I mean, but I think maybe just a little understanding of how ACB does
4: things. We actually
13: talked about maybe having some kind of a call prior just to describe the resolutions process. We also have talked about trying to have a way for people who want to do a point of Mm. order to reach out to make that point of order gotcha. rather than having to go through, trying to get their hands right. raised. So we are thinking about that.
6: And so I really you. like Kim's idea of the audio described tours, perhaps of some of the places we're going and, and maybe look at putting those up before the convention so that people that are coming and are signed up for those tours could get on and at least get a taste of what they're going to experience and get really excited about. Absolutely. going we can so. do.
13: All right. It's all right, great sounds, idea. Sounds good. Uh, we have also talked about hybrid rooms. And I don't know if we're going to do be able to do, I think because of cost, we're not going to be able to do three consecutive hybrid sessions. So we're talking about maybe having two hybrid rooms for sessions during the virtual, uh, the hybrid portion of the convention. And then, of course, we encourage affiliates and committees to have their social and or fundraising events in person during the convention, those worked out very well. Um, I think people, any function that had a meal was really well attended in person. So when you're planning your events, affiliates and committees, keep that in mind.
3: And by the way, 70% of the people under age 45 felt that social events were very important as contrasted to 50% of the people over age 45.
13: I mean, ACB families, bingo, karaoke, RSVA, karaoke, and comedy, that was all, you know, very well, very well attended. And those events lead themselves, lend themselves to be in-person only events, and we'll continue to do them as in-person only events. So
8: Janet, I'm sorry. Yes. Did you
13: say we're only
8: going to have two hybrid rooms for any time slot?
13: That's what we're leaning towards. Yes.
0: And we are had- thinking, uh, Doug, this is Dan, that we had four last year. We literally had rooms, uh, especially once you got past that luncheon hour, uh, we had rooms that had two, three people in them, and we would have 40 or 50 people on Zoom and less than five in the room. So, and so it what really isn't thinking- cost
13: effective. And it also, if you're sitting in the room, so maybe have more hybrid or more zoom for
0: virtual yeah virtual so special. zoom only so we're thinking maybe we would do a couple that would be hybrid where people could participate in person in the room or or on zoom and maybe have a couple parallel breakout sessions that would be zoom only the, because the other thing we found was that you know uh, uh, just where people actually put their feet once you got past lunch at
13: about two thirty. We had people went and did the Zoom sessions from their room. From their room, the Zoom sessions from the bar or whatever. They 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 did they didn't do them from the breakout (laughs) room. Yes, they did not. Yeah, yeah. So, So, and so of course, as far as hybrid sessions are concerned, we're going to have to be how do I don't want to say picky or choosy, but we really are going to have to get a very good description of what your session is early on. So that if we have to make any choices, we'll kind of know what sessions are going to lend themselves best as hybrid and what sessions might be best as zoom only. And if you end up having a session that is zoom only, that doesn't mean that you don't have a great session. Right. That just means that. I understand,
8: but so I don't remember the registration. You didn't sign up for, uh, I didn't sign up for a session, right? I didn't sign up for sessions that I wanted to You only signed
13: up for sessions that had meals.
8: Yeah. So we have no idea of knowing what is going to capture the, well, I've got two things. One is, um, uh, I think, you know, I'm hoping that this summer will be better than last summer in terms of people being concerned about COVID. So I'm I'm considering going this coming summer where I was not considering going last summer and I hope that that's uh you know I hope that that's uh a trend that we'll be seeing out throughout the membership. Number 2, if we're going to make decisions about what gets you know what gets hybrid and what does not, then we better uh have some registration numbers to to back that uh, those decisions up.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, thank you, Doug. Uh, Kenneth Simeon has his hand up, and Terry has a mic. So I'm going to take those two questions, and then we're going we're already after ten thirty here. So I think we're going to have to wrap up this discussion for today. But wanted to give you all a flavor of what people are thinking about, and these discussions are going to take place uh, literally here over the them. next so let's few months. The questions. And so then I just
13: want to say one final thing. Okay. And then we'll
0: so play. Kenneth, and then Terry. So go ahead, Kenneth.
12: I think Janice was saying she wanted to say something. One more thing. No, no, no. After, after you, know, after after you the and investment. Terry. So okay. go ahead, Kenneth. All right. Well, I just wanted to commend Rick. Uh, you know, our GKM award uh, presentation didn't turn out well because of the sound issues. And, you know, <clears throat> I had very much difficulty with my, because I'm deaf in one ear. But Rick put uh, the presentation together through editing, and he sent it out to, to us. And I am telling you, it is so dynamic you would believe that that's exactly how that evening went. It's all, the sound is great and everything. So I just want to say thank you, Rick, and I commend you for for your efforts. I know it it took a lot of time to really do that, but it was like a great presentation put together as if if it really happened that way. Everything that was, that did happen was just recorded and edited uh, to make sure it was a great presentation that we have for uh, a podcast and
20: for future reference.
3: Thanks, Kenneth. Appreciate that. Thank
0: you, Kenneth. And Terry?
20: To, as a just a point of clarification for those, especially for those listening. Um you're talking now, the idea of one of the things that didn't come up was, but it has in the past is the um three days that we did that was supposed to be for business meetings for the affiliates ahead of time uh this year. Uh from what i heard on some of the community calls it seemed like people kind of liked that and now you're talking another three days two or three days to do the resolutions
0: it, no, it, uh terry well it's it's those same three days we're the, not the taking I, away okay. from the yeah.
20: affiliates okay, okay. yeah the uh, idea. No, i'm not saying i wasn't yeah. implying we were taking away from the affiliates it just seemed like then we're talking we're adding time instead of keeping it the same or, or lessening the length of the convention. No, um, I just wanted to make sure yeah, that, yeah, that the,
0: the idea that would be that, that
20: that's not what we were trying to do. Sure. Okay. Yes,
0: I agreed. Okay. Uh the, the idea is that those virtual days ahead of time, because voting, you know, the discussion of the resolutions you have to do, hopefully at a time was most people are home from from working. So the idea was was that we would start and go, you know, like uh, if I go on the eastern time zone from like eight to eleven uh in in the evening on on Where those we didn't day, virtual days
20: affiliate. right kind of like yeah. they did with the resolutions yep. committee meetings what a half a dozen of those so right wrong. exactly
0: and the idea of course going along with this is that we passed a bylaw this year that resolutions except for extension extenuating circumstances need to be in 60 days in advance of the record date of the, or the start of the convention so We're hoping that gives the resolutions committee plenty of time to, again, have their discussions, have their conversations, and have those resolutions going, ready to go for the virtual days at the beginning of the convention. And hopefully we can get through not not the things that require a record vote, but that initial conversation and debate through each of those. And if the voice votes pass, then those would be done that's but the idea i just idea. wanted to make sure that everyone yeah. understood that. yeah but yes but the, but the but those days will still be available for um special interest business meetings uh those type of events and
13: sessions, and sessions. i mean those sessions yeah. we had a lot of sessions that uh, some special interest affiliates did prior to the in-person hybrid portion of the convention and those were very well attended and as we said, we can also have some Zoom-only sessions during the convention, but for those of you who well, are- Well, when we cons- say Zoom-only, there's Zoom-only sessions that could be done, and, and in-person only. Right. That, it's just, and that's, just how many that's totally I,
0: hybrid ones. That's what I was going to, to bring up. Yeah.
13: If I'm not saying, we're not saying that you can't have a set, You can have an in-person session, and we can still record it and put it out as a podcast. It may just not have Zoom availability. Oh, so that is not saying that your session isn't going to get out there. It just may not is not going may not be hybrid at the time of the convention,
20: which to to uh, to the layperson more would mean that it's available on Zoom in it's in currently. But it will not be available through your Alexa app, for instance, or through media, until it's available as a yeah, podcast. differences are you, and that's I want to, wanted to right. make sure that those listening understood. Thank you. Yeah. And that that was
13: my point that I wanted to bring up that you can still certainly have sessions in person. We can have way more than two concurrent in-person sessions. It's just that they're not going to be hybrid, and a lot of sessions don't. You know, necessarily need to be hybrid. And it doesn't mean if your session ends up being a virtual only session, does not mean that it's not a session of merit.
3: And sessions that are in person only could, you know, entice people to come too. Right. All right. Thank you, Janet. Thank you, Rick. Really,
0: really appreciate your report and the discussion. uh We'll go ahead. Let's see. Right now it is. 1039. We're going to take a 10 minute break and come back at 10 50. That sound good for everybody? So that I can thank talk you. to Ray. And then Ray can solve his uh checkout issue with Janet. And so we'll be back at 10 50. Thank you.
13: And
0: thank you to Connie Sims. Thank you to Connie Sims.
13: For those of you, for those of you who don't know, I'm sitting in Connie's spot here at the table. And Connie is a retired uh, certified massage. Uh, Therapist, she has the entire time I've been doing this. I have had a massage, my neck in my oh, feels so wonderful. Yeah. And I pop. Yeah. yeah, I am totally
2: jealous. I could use that right now.
13: <laughs> and I get all this stuff around my <laughs> neck
2: like I always do, and just It all up. <laughs> yes. Oh God, that felt good. <laughs>
13: Not like that, no, no, that was wonderful. Oh, god,
2: all
13: right,
6: all right, yeah. yes, yes, dear. So, it's so what happened was, I went this morning, and yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, your room and tax is taken care of, well you got to pay it your risk.
13: Oh, no, okay.
6: I said, I
13: don't, oh, No, 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 it's all taken care no. of. All right, she's got your card, right. Yeah. Okay. Three
2: oh two. Yeah,
13: I'll make sure. So okay. I don't know what that's going to mean for our checking out for us. So, well, if it's a problem, they'll charge because they know who's on the master and who's not. So, so, so we'll we'll get you. Okay. Just want to make sure. But thank order. you for letting yes. me know. No and Rachel, do you need my key? Um, I don't think so. Okay. All right, because I'm leaving the building. Yeah, I
17: think we're good. Uh, Lynn's got everything she's going to try to get it all in the
2: car and, and we're carrying some stuff so
13: all right and I don't because. know if I'm gonna if Delaney's gonna get a chance to play with Chrissy again but she was so cute with her you're you're leaving now yeah uh, that's I, why I asked if you needed a key
2: yeah I'll I was gonna say I'll see if she's uh what she's doing maybe she can walk out with you or over by yes
6: yes we will
2: unless you need a phone and i to iphone or something
6: hey is there any women my wife is yelling about needing to go to the bathroom is there anybody can take her
15: okay all right
2: uh, we'll get to do that
5: yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <are> you? Oh,
7: <laughs> <my
2: miller>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, stop now. too, Yeah. Yeah. She is. And that's the thing <laughs> She you. I think you i I guess you and whatever key... Oh, that's what you did. somebody got birds.
8: Yeah, who is that bird? <laughs>
4: That's Mitch and Donna's bird, I think, probably. They
8: have a bird,
4: and he's very loud.
8: Yeah, but Mitch, Mitch is on a phone, and that doesn't usually come through as clearly as that one just did.
2: <laughs> having withdrawal so Are you having withdrawal symptoms of diet coke?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm terribly. I, I've already put this in my database for when I come in the summer. I'm gonna go somewhere and get uh, lots of diet coke at the grocery store. So, yep. Hey Ray, watch that <laughs> take
2: my coffee sitting there. Donna in here? Right here, Anthony. I was tasked with sending a big hello from Charlie, and he was oh. thrilled with what you said on the phone. and listening, working in the back, and I heard the conversation start. So you know, Charlie. Hold on, they're talking about me. I thought was So then we heard everything that was said. So he turned in a fake, thrilling. Oh, okay, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I. Well. Uh, he called me. This was a, a year or so, so ago. He called me, and he so. just loved my answering machine. <laughs> so he said on his message, he said, "Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna call back." So uh, and he met Brian, I think. But here's your message. So he said, "Don't pick up." Uh, you know, I wasn't home. So. But that was the funniest thing. So every time he talks to me now, he says, "You love that message." And, it's Dan and Brendan. Dill. actually is not who it is.
0: Oh yes. You've got one and Margie Donovan has one. Uh Brand
2: have, Lyle have yeah, one too. Yeah. What's um what's on? Margie it? Donovan's goes on a little too long. Now. I don't know if I've no, it. No, well, I don't think it's too long, but I mean that's just my personal, you know. Um, so when you they, they put it in for the auction. Uh-huh. Uh and, ah, you guys and so right. And so then they wanted to know like what kind of music. You liked, it. and basically what you wanted your message to say, and then they put it to music and, gotcha. and um, recorded it and sent Thank you the um, And then they it on your machine. So, yeah, uh, but so many people have said to me, who oh, are "You singing with," I said, "I'm not singing yeah. anyway. <laughs> I can sing, but not that well." I asked Morgan the first time I heard it, who you know who was. But like you don't know nope. them, and I'm like, remember. Well, no, you're yeah. <laughs> into in yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, Brenda was gone way too <laughs> soon. There's so many people that I. Uh oh. Yeah. That's enough on you. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
15: <laughs> so, Rachel, do you take the. What is is there a, a, a train or a bus? No, those songs.
17: Um, I call it from, from
2: Springfield or what?
17: Um, print of mine drove
2: us. Oh, away. okay,
12: cool. Right it's on.
17: Three and a, like three and a half hours away.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so
15: what's Delania up to today?
2: We don't know. Okay.
17: The tech owner, actually. Um, She's still kind of tired after last night. He was still a little tired this morning, so she might be just resting with her. And it costs. We still going to get her and Tyler. Is Tyler gonna go to Pittsburgh, he?
2: Well, he'll be here for a little while. I think they to kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. We
17: risk to get them together. We always say.
2: It was oh, I know. Them. We should. We should uh, try and do that. I, I mean um, your parents take every advantage.
15: They do. They
2: take every
15: opportunity. Yeah. It's one of the nice things about uh, moving us around and so much of like the Midwest,
2: Geography. Yeah, so, yeah. St. Louis, you know, Omaha,
15: and Chicago. They've driven to places because Tyler or, or both boys.
7: And
2: yeah, that's awesome. I, I wish my parents were still around to be able to do that. Yeah. It's, well, Tyler just
15: loves Fourth of July. Well. Here, well, I
2: didn't go anywhere. I
17: didn't I go, go anywhere. Back. I thought about it, and if nobody's back in a minute, I might still. You know. <laughs> oh, happy.
2: Happy. How are you? You're good. Um, you're giving me. stuff for kind of, Yeah. I so how is like, um <laughs> going? Oh, I that's,
6: that's, that's trash. trash.
2: Okay, enough, that'll, that. work. <laughs> that'll work. <laughs> that'll
6: work. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs>
2: Okay, I'm going to pull them over and put them in my backpack. Oh, He's still go. with me. So. He was homeschooled, school, Joe and Eric. Thank you, Pam. Hi, well, you're welcome. You're doing really well. well. Um, Rebecca Brown. The okay. They come around. Oh, okay. Sure. When are you uh, out of here? Uh, okay. Monday night. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to lunch tomorrow and then take an office out. Yeah, no okay. okay. So, uh, I don't feel that. <laughs> okay. 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 Thank you. Uh, it. It really yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I figured out that I'm after I said no I said I start in on school he's gonna be three well, well uh, but yeah, you know, they're finding other schools and uh, networks to be to, yeah. I would like to see that as <laughs> a Yeah, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I know. Oh, that's great. Do you want to help I down? Oh no, I can. If it fell over? Not at yeah, <laughs>
4: Someone who's eating in, I think, in Zoom might want to mute.
0: Yeah.
2: Depending yeah. on what it is, it's going to pick it up.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what Leslie's doing all these. Dan, and I we're whispering to people that we're
2: hearing you uh, on the ACB media. So, did you turn it off? Did you turn it off?
11: Deb, that isn't Remy. But, um, so somebody else must have a, uh, a
8: flying creature. It was your paper bag. That's what I thought, Mitch. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. Busy, but doing
11: well. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Remy. Remy is. Uh, you hear him now. So, yes. Uh, that's that's our guy.
4: Yeah, I recognize him now. I I couldn't tell who's who that was, but that was the only bird I could think of.
11: <laughs> well, some somebody else clearly has one. Yes. Um, yeah. Or is sitting yeah, well, on, and, on their porch or something. Yeah, yeah well, and we yeah. have wild par. Yeah, and we have wild parrots in uh, in Pasadena, and uh, and they make a god awful racket.
4: Yeah, that's for sure. Well, it's too cold for any birds here now. They'd freeze their little feathers off.
11: Yeah, they've all headed headed this way.
4: Yes, I I, I sure would. <laughs> he's eating
11: his vegetables right now. Oh yeah, he's he's having his uh, his vegetables. Yeah. Oh, vegetables.
4: Oh uh, uh, well.
11: Yeah. Uh, this this bird gets five or six different kinds of food. It's uh, mm. it's it's amazing how well Donna feeds him. <laughs>
19: Hey Donna, <laughs> Doug. Doug says hi.
5: Hi Doug. Oh Remy. And Remy says
8: hi. hi too. Oh okay. Yep. Uh, uh. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what
4: they're doing over there in the room, but we seem to be a know, little bit late, late getting started yeah, back.
8: No kidding. But Dan, let's get moving. Yeah.
4: Come on, room. We're ready.
8: Mm-hmm. We're Absolutely. Put on our discussions. Right. (laughs) Now I can't hear anything from the room.
4: I know I think they muted I think they muted themselves but I'm not sure why. There's all right everybody, 1 minute warning, let's all settle. We can't get any more settled guys.
0: We we are uh, the, I think the Zoom team <laughs> is settled, the in-person team is not settling very well. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <That's> right. <laughs> Yes, yes.
2: Uh-oh.
0: All right, everybody, please ref- find their seats. Everyone. Bring back our quiet meeting voices. We'll get uh Connie to get maybe give us some soothing. <laughs>
4: Soldier, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you guys fall asleep, we're prepared over here to make noise. Okay,
0: okay. Well, thank you, Deb, because we're 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 getting in the we're getting in the zone. Yeah, yes. All right. We have already gotten through uh, uh, item number seven. Unfortunately, we skipped item number six, which has uh, has six sections, but I think hopefully will not take very long. So. Item six on the agenda is our consent agenda, which is really, uh, we had six reports that were sent out. Our finance report, our braille form editors report, our advocacy report, resource development report, um, membership services report, and our communications report. So I know uh the board has had an opportunity to read those documents. I thought the documents, uh, congratulations to Eric and Nancy and team, I thought the, uh, the reports were very thorough and uh, thank you very much to all the staff members that took the time to prepare those. So do I have a motion to approve the consent agenda for our six staff reports?
18: Second. This David is, Jeff. is moved it's and Terry
0: comment. has seconded. So David Trot moved, Terry yeah. Chico seconded. Do we have any discussion on any of these reports, questions people would like to ask from the board? All right, we're gonna get David a mic. Sorry.
9: Uh Bill Reeder did a great report. You you guys c- could learn from him. Short, concise, and to the point. <laughs> but no, the, the reports were excellent, but I did want to comment that I really enjoyed his report because it was quick and easy to read.
0: But but he did follow that up with an hour and forty-five minute presentation yesterday. So <laughs> Yeah, but you guys are not gonna do Mr.
9: that today, Chief.
15: right? Mr. Right. Chair.
0: Yes, Mr. Go ahead. Chair is that is it's that denise me. all right go ahead denise
5: yes i do have a quick question was the convention report just informational or did that need to be approved
0: oh uh you mean the report that we just did i i, I think we could go yes. ahead and thank you madam secretary i think we could go ahead and approve the convention uh report from janet and rick yeah Don't move. So do the, okay well first do the motion on the uh on the uh consent agenda and then we'll go back and pick up the uh well that's item number seven so it'll all fill in very nicely all right so for the content- consent agenda all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Aye, aye. opposed aye. all right again thank you to Eric and staff for the excellent reports. And now okay. we need a motion to approve the convention report. So moved. Okay you, so Gina. Chris Bell moved it and uh, Gabriel Lopez-Cafadi seconded Any further discussion on the convention report? Thank you. No more discussion on the convention report. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, next. And I'm thinking um, before we go on to item eight here, which is our code of conduct uh, amendments uh, for both the policy in the process and procedures document do we need to put in any standing rules for the board that we have maybe 20 minutes of discussion and then decide if we want to continue discussion what do you all think i've uh I, I i i'm somewhat being facetious but i'm somewhat being serious too cuz we do have a lot to cover today and this tends to be a topic with a lot of conversation so would everybody be okay that we put a rule in place that uh, we allow twenty minutes for debate, and then we come back and revisit it. If the board wishes to do, adopt another twenty minutes, we can do that. And I was also asked maybe that individual board members hold their comments to say a minute and a half, so everybody gets a chance. Ninety seconds. Would
15: up
8: that be good? to up to twenty minutes.
0: Up to twenty <laughs> minutes. Does not have to be twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, that's yes. right. <laughs> like resolution, you don't have to use all the time. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, uh, and. Uh, Nancy, would you mind being our timekeeper for our individual? um... Okay, thank you. Thank you, Nancy. All right, so at this point in time, I would like to introduce Deb Cook-Lewis, our first vice president, Mitch Pomerantz, our chair of our disciplinary committee, as well as Chris Bell, David Trott, and Jeff Tom, who all worked very hard to receive feedback from many different sources and put together this proposed set of amendments. So, Deb, I'll recognize you first. We won't count this timing towards the debate. Oh, that this was
4: my the, first we, point of order this, question. This, this is the actual <laughs> report out. <so. laughs>
0: Go ahead, Deb. All
4: right. Well, I, I do want to try to be brief. First of all, I really do want to thank the groups who have worked on this, the original group with, um, with uh, Pat Sheehan and and Jeff Tom and David Trot and um, and staff and, and a, a consulting attorney. And um, they really laid the groundwork for the work that we... We did and then we had a very lively um, committee that uh, I think ultimately worked really, really well together, which included uh, me and uh, Mitch Pomerantz and Chris Bell and um, Jeff Tom and David Trot. So it was um, a very, very good group. And I'll call on them to sort of pick up any pieces that I miss here. Um, so basically the process that we went through um, was to... Um, try to figure out how to get the policy and the procedures to be one fluid uh, document. That was one of the sort of format things. One of the things that we also wanted to do was to try to include um, more prescriptive timelines with a recognition that, of course, there are exceptions, but that, that for the most part we want to be v- pretty clear about the timing. Um, And then we made several cosmetic revisions and several technical uh, revisions, mostly based on uh, feedback that we got in the community calls and written feedback that we received from people. Overall, the feedback that we received was very positive about the uh, revision to the approach. We did have a couple of pretty, negative uh, comments that were received i will say that in in their writing of them they were they were very respectful and and great i uh, wouldn't have ever, ever have filed anything against the commenters but and that wasn't our intent anyway but but they they were well-written comments in terms of the the frustration or constructive issues but most of the comments that we received were were very constructive and helpful and we made a number of changes um which the board has in their packet. Um, One of the significant um, uh, changes that we did make, um, not so much because of um, audience feedback, but because of just general uh, feedback overall that we had from people, um, was to actually retire the term code of conduct. And that's going to take a lot of work for us to do. mentally, I think, just because change is hard. But um, we've actually changed this to prohibited conduct because that's really what we're talking about is what do we not want people to be doing um, and what do we expect people to be doing? So um, basically, we uh, made that change. We also... At the recommendation of Dan, actually, who carried a little bit of weight, but also this was supported, uh, particularly discussed on the community call. We uh, changed the number of people who would be uh, related to the investigation panel, from potentially three to five, and this would allow um, the chair and the panel to negotiate which panel members would be actually involved in any investigation. It would give you a little bit more choice. Um, we established uh, this was not a change from from what was sent out to the membership, but we we do establish the notion of. Um, uh, conflict resolution teams, which could be a couple of people. Um, in some cases, they, they could include uh, members of the panel, but they we do expect to uh, find other individuals. And, and our note from the team is that uh, we do recognize that ACB will probably not... Um, provide extensive training for those individuals so they'll need to come with some experience and sensitivity. But we may want to uh, provide some training and certainly some um Kind of inter reader reliability stuff for them, so that they would it would be reasonable that you could expect teams to come to similar conclusions, regardless of which team is available or appropriate to do this. One of the key issues is that we do want people unless there is a um, a legal uh, issue or some other kind of thing we do we do really want people to go through. Uh, conflict resolution as a first step, un- unless it's just completely disagreeable to the disagreeable to the parties, or completely um, not appropriate to the situation. We we believe that many many situations could be um, resolved in this way, and if we do that, um, then there's not a a, a longer term. Uh, investigation, there's not um, any um, issue that will happen there. We also wanted to make it pretty clear that where there is a path of resolution, for example, with an email list or an event that may have its own protocols and guidelines, that those definitely should be followed and that we would, um, if, if appropriate and possible, we'd want to see that happening first. And obviously there may be occurrences where it can't, but if it can, we'd like to see that happen. So um, those are kind of the the major components of this. Um, as I said, we did quite a bit of uh, language tweaking. One of the things that was of concern to people was um, whether or not this applied to affiliates. I forgot to mention that we also took this to the Hump Day um, Happy Hour group Um, and, and, um, I believe that's all of the places that we covered. We tried to be as thorough as we could be. Um, but anyway, the, um, one of the interests was, uh, what about affiliates? And, um, we tried to make it more clear here that this policy specifically is not, does not govern affiliates, that that would be, um, outside of our jurisdiction and approach, but that, um, we, um, thought that that affiliates could ad- adapt and adopt a similar policy it's not going to work just because of the differences in in structure and everything, for them to simply say, we we absolutely adhere to all of the procedures in this policy, but, but uh, we thought it would be really possible if they wanted to, um, uh, to adapt and adopt uh, a similar policy and that we could provide technical assistance around that for an affiliate that might like to do that. Um, many of them have adopted uh, something or something like our uh, former code of conduct policy, but because it didn't have procedures, they didn't have that to adopt. So, um, that's an option that affiliates have, but it's certainly not something we necessarily expect them to do or will ask them to do. Um, but they could, and several of them expressed interest in being able to do that. So I think that will be, uh, coming up. Um, but we uh, did try to make it very clear that this applies to any kind of interaction uh with within ACB um but it does not extend um to affiliate events um unless ACB has a you know pretty significant involvement in those events in some way it, it could but uh, for the most part you know you have to kind of use some judgment as you go along but for the most part we we want it to to be accommodating that. The last thing I'll say is that we thought that because of the kinds of questions people had and because all these things are always hard, um, we agreed that it might be useful to develop a, an FAQ that would be a separate uh, document that would be alive and well so it could be updated as we had new questions come to us or new information that would not change the policy or the procedure but would not require an adoption or a, um, an approval per se, because it was just an FAQ and that that might help also provide further guidance um, to the intent and specifics as we go along. And I will just throw it open really quickly for any of the uh, members of the committee to add a comment or a clarification or correct anything I said that was wrong.
11: Yeah, this is Mitch. Go ahead, Mitch. And uh, absolutely absolutely don't uh, don't need to correct anything uh, any misstatements of yours i want to begin by um acknowledging uh, deb's work on this uh we initially um chris and i had put together kind of an informal uh, grievance process and we decided after a good deal of discussion that we needed to fold this into the overall document so that we we had an informal uh, complaint uh, resolution process, conflict resolution process, uh, which is option one if you've read uh, the document, and then a more formal investigative process, which is option two. And Deb, Deb really did an outstanding job of um, amalgamating the two uh, into into one coherent document. Um, at this point, uh, a couple of a couple of recommendations, a couple of thoughts. Um, Dan, President Spoon, and I uh, have had one conversation. Um, he accepted my two suggestions. Remember initially uh, what came out of the code of conduct. Board discussion was a three-person panel, uh, so I recommended, and President Spoon has uh, accepted uh, the two individuals so far that are serving with me. Uh, one is Becky Davidson from North Carolina, and the other is Peggy Garrett from Texas. Now, if the board uh, adopts our revisions and expands this to a five-person um, uh, investigation panel, then uh, we will obviously need to add two persons, and uh, Dan and I have had one conversation about that, and I, I suspect, Mr. President, we uh, we need to have another one shortly, as well as uh, appointing or uh, finding a process to uh, get the uh, individuals who would serve on the conflict resolution panel because um, I think that that needs to happen sooner rather than later. And so uh, we need to have a, a conversation about that process, which, um, you know, I have some thoughts about it, but we really do need to, uh, to put that uh, two person, two, one or two panels together, uh, as soon as uh, as soon as possible. So uh, that's all I need to say about it. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, as we proceed with the process, as we begin to look at complaints, uh, it may be that uh, we will uh, perhaps recommend to the board additional tweaks. <clears throat> excuse me, um, because we're doing this really for the first time. And uh I think it's important that that the document and that the process we follow um is responsive and does uh does meet everyone's needs and uh you know fits in with, with the organizational culture. Let me just real quickly comment about the selection of, of Peggy Garrett and, and Becky Davidson. Um I wanted individuals who, based on my knowledge, um, were thoughtful, were objective, uh, were good listeners, uh, could ask good questions, and um, could could come up with well reasoned um, uh, notions about whether uh, a an issue that someone brought forward really had merit. And and, uh, the best way to proceed with with that, and both Peggy and Becky meet those those qualifications in my view, and uh, I'm sure that the additional two individuals that that are selected will likewise meet those qualifications. So that's all I have to say, uh, Madam First Vice President.
0: Okay. Hey, thank you, Mitch, and uh, this is Dan. And I just want to say uh, again, thank you to uh, both Peggy and Becky. And you know, we have an intermediate policy in place right now, but that really required us to get those three folks in place. And thank you, Mitch, and and Peggy and and Becky for for working to to get us to this intermediate point. And then we'll obviously, Mitch, I'll be working with you depending on the outcome of this vote today to continue to build out the team. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, so go ahead, uh, uh, Nancy.
13: Just so everyone knows all three of those have signed a confidentiality
0: form excellent 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 okay thank you very much uh all right uh back to the staff did you want to deb i think you mentioned uh and deb uh the remainder of the committee did they have any additional yeah, comments yeah
18: this is jeff just very quick two two sentences first i too want to commend well the whole group but especially deb for really an incredible job of incorporating everybody's suggestions including you know, all, all those from the membership. And secondly, I think, Deb, you may not have mentioned that there is a right to an appeal um, oh, at, the,
4: yes.
18: at a board level. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, if, if the parties do not agree to the with, if either of the parties does not agree with the outcome of the, um, mm-hmm. of the panel.
4: Yes, there was some confusion. I think there's been some membership confusion about, um, and and I saw this a little bit in the comments, um, that people thought that, maybe we could expel people and was like, you got to do a lot before you do that. And I'm like, we can't even do that. Um, this policy doesn't allow us to do that. The constitutionally, the only way that can happen is for an, an item to go before the membership. So if you, um, exhaust all of your remedies, you know, um, y- y- you, it wouldn't make sense to take this to the membership because we can't expel you. But if we were so concerned that you should be, then, um, you know, which is unlikely. That's not happened yet, uh, ever uh, and we hope it never does. But if it were to, um, it would have to go before the membership. So it's a very, very big deal. But what we did know is that you might disagree with the... with the. There is no decision in a conflict resolution. So there's nothing to appeal there. It either works for you or it doesn't. Um, but if it goes to the investigative panel, then... Um, and if you disagree with that, then you can appeal that decision to a panel that will be appointed on the spot, basically, by the president. And it would, again, be based on the situation and who would be the most neutral to hear it. And those would be people from the board, not in any way connected to the panel. So um, currently, none of the panel members are on the board. But but if they were, then um, the that they would be excluded, obviously, from that appeal. So um, there is there is that possibility. But the kinds of uh, you know injunctions that we've had to date, um, if you do want to appeal, of course you can. But you know they're uh, they're not long lived. They're not significant. It's usually restricting access um, or that sort of thing, which is the really the only kind of things that we have that we could
0: enforce. This, Thank you, Jeff. Uh either David and, David or Chris. David, go ahead. Um,
9: you know, I've been with this document since its inception. And I did less work with Deb's team because they were in a different area than I'd already worked in. And I of course I read everything and I was in some of the discussions. But what I'm gonna say to you today is this document has been through all kind of processes to get to where it is today, folks, we really need, you know, all of our documents are living documents, so they can be changed at any time. If you're not happy with them, I urge you to really select this, uh, approve this document as it is and let's move forward. We've, we've got, uh, a great team leader there in Mitch. I, I was excited to hear that he was coming on board. Uh, he certainly has the expertise and, and now with Peggy and, and, in uh, uh, you know, the other girl on the Becky, Becky on the team. I I think we're ready to move forward and, and get the other two and uh, nobody likes this anyway. And I think we put a whole lot of time into something that we don't really like anyway.
0: All right. Thank you, David. Uh, Chris, Uh, did you wish to say anything? Go ahead, Chris. (laughs) Yeah.
19: uh, I want to thank, uh, Deb and the, the team. It's, uh, not an easy thing to, uh, to pull together and there were lots of uh, different thoughts and suggestions um i still believe that the uh, a question and answer format uh would be good but we didn't have time to do it and uh, the rest of the people on the team didn't agree with that and preferred frequently asked questions but either way i think that uh, it's a specific enough and a dense enough uh, document well written as it is, that uh, some way of accessing it besides uh, reading the whole thing. If you just want to find out, you know how much time you have to file a complaint or or uh, how the appeal works. I think it would be good to have some way to access specific points without having to search the whole document. So, um, but I, I didn't uh, I didn't win on that, and that's fine. I, I support what we have.
0: All right. So we'll now start our. Uh First, uh, 20, uh, first, I shouldn't even say first. That's only probably, 20 minutes. Oh, <laughs> uh, our 20 minute debate period. Uh, so uh, we'll, uh, uh, first, I need a motion. Uh, I think before we Dan, have discussion, this, judge. I'd like, first of all, I, would any board member like to move the, uh, uh, so Connie, would you like to so moved. Uh, hold on. You got a mic? So uh, moved. Hold on. Hold on. We, we're, we're. Oh yeah. Well, oh, Connie had asked for the mic, so and then Jeff, Jeff maybe can be the seconder. yeah. Okay.
14: I like to make a motion that we um, approve um, this new code of um, prohibited behavior or
4: <laughs> conduct. <laughs> yeah,
14: <laughs> prohibited. I have to get used to the new language. Um, we all will. Yeah. Yeah. This is the
4: PC document.
19: <laughs>
0: prohibited.
4: Oh God.
14: Prohibited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh, boy. Prohibited conduct <laughs> policy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
14: Yeah. That we approve this document, the new um, document and the procedures.
0: Okay. And Jeff, would you like to, Jeff Bishop, would you like to
14: second?
16: Yes, sir.
0: All right. Thank you, Jeff. Like All right. So speak. now we're ready to open it up for like discussion. This. Again, I, I will try to hold I discussions to 90 seconds per person. And Jeff Bishop, do you wish to be recognized?
14: And I like to go a second?
10: Uh, Yeah, I just had my hand raised Uh, from earlier. Um,
14: oh, okay. Go and, ahead.
10: I, and I, and I have a, uh, I have a question and I sent an email and I don't, I don't know if it was incorporated cause I haven't had a chance to look at it yet for, uh, but, uh, I, I had a concern about the, um, the maintaining of digital, uh, recordings and digital material as it relates to code of conduct process. Um, and if it's not incorporated into the process today, I would like to ask that, that it be meaning that once after a year, I believe it was originally stated that after a year that the that the re, uh, reports would be um, removed from the record. Um, and if that's the case, I would like to ask for uh, numerous reasons, which I won't get into here for brevity, that the digital assets pertaining to any code of conduct, also be completely destroyed and uh, removed from all server locations.
4: So actually, I never did, you talked to me about that on the phone, but I never did receive an email for that, but I was aware that you did talk to me about it. Um, We don't have the digital assets listed separately because it's considered part of the reports so the entire record um, will be expunged and so um, you know that that would be the case however I want to point out to you um, and we can and, and if the board wishes to revise that little piece of language there that's no problem I don't think because that's still the intent um, the issue that I'll point out to you is that I don't think that things ever, They're not so likely to be leaked from the ACB office, which is where we can officially expunge them. But any information that gets distributed somewhere, I mean, that's part of having the integrity of our panels and our people who are involved in the process. Because once something is outside the ACB office, we cannot guarantee that it is destroyed, um there's no way i mean even if we ask you to hand it back we can't we can't uh, be certain you didn't make a copy that's one of the problems in the world so uh, i, I
10: you know. understood but the but the recordings were never distributed to any panelists
4: oh yes they have on- well they have been um well, no, no, no,
10: but a- i mean for the to the people who who were involved I do not believe the the actual recordings. No, no,
4: recordings were not distributed to the to the respondent or to the complainant, but they Correct. have been to. So there. So the only place they can be uh, they would be distributed might be to people who are you know facilitating the the uh, investigation right so we can't Correct. control Correct. we hope i understand that yeah but the office that. would if they expunge the entire record that would include that so if you want right. that that's added, the mainly yes we can yes
10: i do i do
4: Does really anyone can? from the committee ha- i mean i would take that as a friendly amendment because it it's basically the assumption that that's what we would do does anyone from the actual g- working group have any concern with that
19: this is Chris Hi. Bell. The only caveat I'd like to make on that is that um, if there is any kind of administrative or litigation complaint filed mm-hmm. as a result of something that has come before the uh, the panel, the, the documents and digital recordings relating to that have to be preserved. Well, that, they can't that, just that, be that, thrown out. Yes, yeah. exactly. Understood.
4: Yeah, we can. We can. Yeah, make- this is. A, a change to that effect if the, if the, and I would consider it friendly.
11: Yeah, this is Mitch. I, uh, I consider anything digital as part of the record, but right. if, if that clarification would, uh, would satisfy some concerns, that's, yeah. that's not a problem. And I'll, I'll just, yeah. um, you know, add to, to Chris's comment. Yeah, if yeah. during the period of investigation, um, Any kind of outside litigation uh, is uh, is filed, then we would be required to to maintain documents. Most uh, I know with the federal government, there's a I think it's 300 days with 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 the states. uh, At least in California, it's usually a year. So
4: we have a year by and large.
11: Yeah, yeah, you have. So for the most part. Uh, we would be maintaining the documents and the record um, for the period that any potential litigation w- would be filed, anyway. But uh, uh, I don't mind adding uh, digital just to to clarify.
4: Yeah, I I think that's friendly because that's the intent. So, all right,
0: thank you, thank you, Jeff. Uh, who's uh, Connie Mike, was next. Connie, thank you, Connie. You you had asked to be recognized. Yeah. Go ahead, Connie.
14: Mine will be short. I just really want to thank um, Deb. And her committee, but um, I know Deb and I have been at differences in the past, but we—I uh, was the one who really passed, pushed for the one back in July, and we're um, for moving forward. So I—I I like this document. Um, I think you guys done a, a nice job, and I just want to commend you and thank you for the work you've done. So um, I really hope that we can um, get this passed today. Thank you.
0: All right, thank you, Connie. Uh, Gabriel, go ahead. You're next. Oh, yeah. Oh, and is there somebody with hands? Right. Okay. So, so okay. we'll. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Okay. Well, let me. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. We'll do good.
7: So um, I I echo Connie's uh, sentiment and Jeff's as well in. Um, and I, and I want to commend the committee for considering the expungement of what has happened in the past, because uh, evidently, since we are at this point, it means that we are recognizing that uh, th- that we probably made a mistake as an organization in terms of uh, creating a gap rather than bringing people together. And that's not what we're here for. Um, I think I have a very, very good um good position to talk about this given that um I I was the first one to get involved in a process like this and 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 I do want to to say that I I wish we would have had a conflict resolution uh resource uh before um before jumping up into um into uh code of conduct because I think uh the person uh, involved with with my procedure back in the day two years ago um I think we have a lot of things in common, and I would love to someday, you know, stretch out to that person and and uh, be, you know, we have differences of opinions, but that does that that shouldn't make us enemies. We are part of the organization, and we should be working towards the same goal. Okay. So now I have Chris hand up, but I don't know if we have
2: already
0: Well, I, I think Chris no. talked as part of the. I did. Committee. I did. I'm one? sorry. Yeah.
15: yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay.
0: Jeff Bishop has already spoken. Yes. Uh-huh.
10: Yeah, I'll lower right. Right.
0: Okay, thank you, Jeff. And Kenneth Simeon, you're now recognized for ninety seconds.
12: Okay, thank you. Hey, I want to, um, you know, echo what has been said by Connie, and uh, just let you all know from the beginning. I thought your work has been a very extensive and detailed, and leaving no stone stone unturned. So I'm, I just want to compliment you and. Uh, thank you for all the work that you've done, because this is very, very detailed and very good for our membership as we move forward.
0: Thank you, Kenneth. Okay. Do we have anybody mm-hmm. else yes. here in person? Uh, Ray, yeah. go ahead.
6: I'm getting a massage while I'm doing this. But oh, anyway, I'm so um, jealous. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, um, we have spent a considerable amount of time. Again, I want to thank the committee for the work they've done, but um, it's necessary time. Um, we implemented something, we didn't do it. It's kind of like software and Jeff Bishop will appreciate this. You know, you put something out there and you find out that there's all kinds of things you got to do and you got to have an enhancement. So this is kind of like 2.0 and I think it's a good 2.0 and just like software development, we won't find all the bugs before we release it. So I strongly urge this board to pass this document, let it work, let it work. Let, let's see how it works. And hey, if we have to change it, we got to change it. But let's get this passed. We have spent much time on this. Let's vote it up or down and move forward.
0: Thank you. All right, Mr. Thank President. you, Ray. Do we have uh, anybody else uh, on Zoom? That hasn't spoken yet. And
4: just as a point of clarification, if you do vote this down, then you will need to vote up the continuation of the current um, procedures because they expire yes. today. Right. Uh, thank you, Deb. Uh, Doug.
8: Yes, yeah, sir. I, in the in the absence of any negative responses, I, I, I request that you ask for any negative, uh, and if not, let's go to a vote.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do we have any other? Do we have anybody who wishes to speak against the uh, motion? Hey, Terry. Okay, Terry. Okay. okay, go ahead, Terry. Do you, Does Terry have a
20: mic? Okay. I do now. Thank you. Uh, I have two points to bring up. Number one is, well, first of all, let me thank everyone who has worked both in 1.0 and 2.0. I think you've put in a tremendous amount of work into this. I think we'll all benefit from it um but i i think there's also a couple of people who i know of offhand who are incredibly uh qualified who could be that third person or fourth or fifth person who are members of this organization who have been fair hearings officers have worked for five or six or seven years as in conflict resolution particularly as it as it as it affects People with disabilities, and I think that there are definitely some excellent, excellent potential sources for those additional people. Well, if Terry, please, if, you have, those, else, yeah. if you have those, if you have those names, please Never.
0: forward them to. I would,
20: please forward uh, I, them to either I, Mitch I or me. I have not yeah. asked. I will forward them to you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And the other thing that I want to bring up that I've talked with Pat Sheehan and um, a few of the affiliate presidents. I know one of them brought it up on one of the calls recently and I've been strongly on, is the issue of under the policy, the word must. It's gone, Especially Terry. It's it gone.
4: Said- it's gone. If you read the revision, it's gone. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, It might be helpful to read the documents <laughs> before the meeting, enough. but yes, it, it, it is gone.
20: I must have read the wrong the wrong document because the last one I read it, it was still there. No, the
4: document you that so you <laughs> want to be working with is the re- is has the new name. That just because there have been various documents circulated, so that's a reasonable thing. So the the document that you want to be working with has the new name, um, and has the date of October twelfth, which is the date that we uh, signed the dotted line in the committee. Thank you right, very
0: so go. much. Obviously, that was an important word. So thank you for yeah. your thoughts around that, Terry. And it, it looks like the, the committee listens. So um,
3: I sounds agree. Like, question, it sounds yeah. like you must vote. It's,
0: yes, I, I agree. I think, you, I think time, so. All right. We are ready to take a vote. All those in favor of approving the prohibited conduct policy and related procedure procedures signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Oh my gosh, it was unanimous. Thank you all very much. <laughs> thank you all. And Deb, Mitch, Chris, David, and Jeff, I can't thank you all enough, as well as Patrick and Connie and so many, our, uh, Julie uh, from our uh, office, as well as uh, Barley, uh, Rosalie um, uh, McNamara, uh, our, our <laughs> yeah. legal HR uh, attorney. Thank you all so much for all, all, all of your hard work. And uh, we are now going to move on to item number nine on the Mr. agenda, President, which is the president's report. Mr. President. Yes, go ahead, Jeff. I,
10: I did want to bring up one thing, and it was brought up by uh, Gabe, and I don't know how we want to handle it or if we want to handle it in executive session, but this is the question about ex- uh, expunging.
0: Yep. Uh, think, uh, uh, yeah. And I think we can bring any more discussion about that up in an executive session, but I think we'll follow the guidelines of the uh the policy that's just been approved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh that would at least be my initial thoughts. Yes. Yeah. Um all right. Okay. So uh item number nine is our president's report. Uh we've got an A through F there. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. So A is I really wanted to again. Thank the Voting Task Force 3.0 and uh, Resolutions 3.0 Task Force that have been formed. Uh, I know the Voting Task Force has had their first meeting and is beginning down that path. And I think, Ray, you have uh, and team have a meeting set up for Monday Monday night. So coming right out of this weekend. Yes. Okay. Very good. And I think uh, as we saw the uh, presentation from Janet with the convention steering committee, there's obviously some things for both of those teams to discuss. Uh, but I really want us to move forward and hopefully get to a a really well thought out plan that hopefully our board can approve with the basic outline of this coming year's convention and how voting resolutions and constitution and bylaw amendments will all fit into that. So. Ah, uh, thank you for uh, for having the getting the team started, both uh, Patrick and Ray, and uh, we look forward to your results. Um, Ray, anything you would like to say related to resolutions? Yeah.
6: Nope. I'm going to be quiet.
0: Okay. Yes. And Connie, I know you're, you're you, Connie, you and Jeff related to voting task force. I don't know about uh, Patrick's not here right now, but any comments from you on voting task force?
14: No, we plan on meeting again, I think in next week or two weeks. Um, but yeah, we're moving forward and I think um, we got a good plan. So um, we're yeah, going kind of to. Right. Constitution and bylaws is going and we've um, given John McCann some. Marching orders, I guess, maybe you want to say, but yep. um, ideas. So yep. he um, he's going back to his committee and going to start working with them. So I think right. we got a good plan started. So Right. And there's what we can do now. And
0: then again, this begins, continues to be an evolving process. What we can do that with certain things that will require changes to the Constitution and bylaws. So that's that's part of the, uh, you know, tug and pull back and forth uh jeff tom any comments from you i know you're the vice chair of uh the voting task force
18: sorry no i actually uh, was missed the meeting i was at a rehearsal for the country of the blind
10: which
14: <laughs> the <fourth> <laughs> <live>. <laughs> and, and he's talked to me and Je- and pat about yeah. giving him an update I and mean, poor us we haven't had a chance to do that yet so yeah, yeah. well um, okay so
0: all right well very good all right um any other questions on uh, the voting task force or the resolutions task force from the board? All right, thank you. And thanks to all of those that have served. They're pretty good size ad hoc committee. So there's a number of members involved so, in staff. So thank you very much. Uh, B is we have now formed the ACB media support committee that we promised to do coming out of uh, our July convention. So. Uh, Rachel Schroeder is going to be the chair of our uh, ACB Media Support Committee. So, Rachel, would you like to say a few words? I know you all uh, are meeting, what, uh, on the the third, this coming Thursday. Yes. I
2: don't have
0: what? Ray doesn't have a mic. <laughs> <laughs> I have taken the mic
2: away from <laughs> I know that. And I'll give it back to you, Nancy. Yes, you will. All <laughs> right. <laughs>
17: no um, <laughs> we've got a retractable microphone here. <laughs> Good. All right. well thank you Dan um, I look forward to working with my committee I'm so afraid I'm going to forget somebody but with the way you uh presented the agenda maybe you would tell them all but basically we have Deb Lewis we have Jeff Bishop uh Mikey Wiseman um Cecily Nipper uh melody and i'm sorry i will butcher up holloway no
0: so sanoe so is it hu- sanoe yeah so
4: um,
0: my jaws does not say it the way it's supposed no, to be pronounced no, does does. <laughs>
17: um and i'm drawing a blank i said
0: Cecily. uh and and also um uh, cheryl uh, cheryl Cummings Cuff- from the me. BOP
17: yeah. yep cheryl she's so quiet all the time <laughs> no no disrespect cheryl um
0: she's quiet till she has to make a point and then she's not quiet if you get to work uh, with cheryl she's a wonderful person
17: we are meeting on the third um kind of acb media is to take a star trek reference kind of going where no acb media has gone before at this point so um you know with all the new facets of you know working with the podcasts and working with community and you know we just want to be a support um to, you know, whatever we need to do to to work with ACB media and keep that going smoothly since it's such a big part of ACB. Um, We're working on mission statements. We're working on um, some documentation and we'll kind of spell out Eric, I mean, um, uh, Rick, Dan and I met and uh, we kind of got a a starting plan and uh, we're going to see how things go on the third and get to work.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the first things everybody agreed to tackle, besides getting the mission statement and kind of the the process of the team in order, uh, is really tackling the ACB media and affiliates expectations policy. So that's high on your all's agenda, I know. So, All right. Thank you, Rachel. Any questions for Rachel? All right. Uh, Next is the, I wanted to inform everybody about the Mental Health and Wellness Committee. Uh, We had a, you know, first a resolution and then an agreement from everybody at this board that we would form a mental health and wellness committee, uh, appointed uh, Pam Shaw as the chair, and she uh, reached out, we've kind of had lots of conversations, but a formal kind of uh, a form in place for people to apply to be a member of the committee received 39 submit submittals uh, to join the committee and Pam took time reviewing all of those and uh, her and I have made the selection of the initial committee Uh, she has sent out a formal uh, post to leadership announcing the members of the committee Uh, I don't believe they've had their first meeting yet but we've announced the team and she wanted also for me to share with you all this is the core team But she really sees this not only as a committee, uh, but also there will be a series of work streams that get uh, established, uh, kind of like a little bit of the structure of maybe how the audio description project has worked. And so she wanted me to make sure and communicate that even if you did not get selected for the committee, doesn't mean there's not going to still be an opportunity to be involved in the mental health and wellness committee. So... um, I want to thank her for her due diligence. She's been a real pleasure to work with. And I think it's very exciting for us to uh, launch this new committee inside of ACB. Um, Chris Bell, any comments from you? I know you're part of the committee and you were part of the team that kind of pushed us to move in this very positive direction.
19: Yeah, no, I'm really excited that the committee has been established. And uh, uh, did you want me to be the board liaison? I think I'm the only board member on the committee.
0: Well, I mean, uh we we typically uh you're obviously there and you're a board member. We typically have an officer liaison, but we can Oh, okay. Sorry. We, we can talk I, through that. Yeah.
19: That's fine. No, I just uh, that's fine. I don't need to I don't need to have any I just just wondered, that's all. Uh no, I'm fine. Uh so I'm I'm done. Thanks.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh any questions from the board on the Yeah, go ahead. Please. Oh, yes, I can hand him the mic
7: yeah I'm very excited this is much needed in ACB Um, I just want to say it would it behooves us to um not to uh, actually I'm sorry behooves us to acknowledge um the work that was done to towards the formation of this committee and the inception process and I'm very proud um, that uh, this all got started with a conversation between um, Anthony Corona and Mark Riker and uh, Becky Dunkerson, who I know are not part of the committee, but um, they put endless hours of uh, work and passion into making this happen. So I just want to acknowledge and commend them for for pushing this and making this happen.
0: Thank you, Gabriel. Very well said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes everybody contributed, did a great job. So thank you. All right. um, Item D on the agenda is we have formed a major individual gifts committee. Uh, Bill Reeder spoke a lot to that uh, yesterday during our workshop, uh, but that committee has been formed. Uh, We had our initial meeting on uh, last Sunday on the 16th, and I believe we have our next meeting scheduled for the 4th. Uh, so we're going to meet, uh, every other week here as we kind of, uh, put things in place. Uh, I think I shared yesterday with who the members of that committee are. So thanks, thanks to all them for participating. And I, and this is really kind of, you know, starting down that whole, uh, fundraising, uh, and re- revenue development path that Bill shared with us yesterday. And part of that is really pulling together a major individuals gifts committee. So, uh, Thank you very much for all those who uh, agreed to participate um item five on the president's report is i really wanted to uh I, again thank deb cook lewis for all our, her hard efforts she is she's an amazing person behind the scenes pulling a lot of this stuff together uh, but we really i think have accomplished two things uh one was with the acb uh leadership email list we have now gone through, uh, called out, you know the um, we had, I think 340 or so members of the leadership list. Many of <laughs> unfortunately, a, a, a fair number of those names had, had were even deceased uh, that we were still uh, active on the leadership list. but uh, we went through and um, went through a very diligent process first identifying our current leaders inside of the american council of blind so just to refresh everybody that consisted of our all of our affiliate presidents both state affiliate president and special interest affiliate presidents it included our chairs our co-chairs or our vice chairs so all those in a leadership position for our acb committees uh, it included all the members of our ACB Board of Directors, our ACB uh, Board of Publications, and our ACB Inter- Enterprise Services uh, board, as well as all living uh, past presidents of the American Council of the Blind, our ACB staff, and all our last three years of JP. Morgan Chase fellow leaders as well as our last three years of DKM first timers. So that's the list of individuals that needed to be added. And we found that we had, as we went through the reconciliation process, we had 30 of those individuals that weren't currently on the leadership list. Then in addition to that, we reached out to every affiliate president and gave them the opportunity to nominate up to an additional three members from their affiliate to be part of the leadership list that weren't already being included. Uh, We received uh, feedback from, I believe, uh, between I think around 45 of 50 of our affiliates. So we didn't hear from all of them, but we heard from most. We heard for a few right at the very last second, by the way. Uh, But out of that process, we identified an additional, I think 50 something, 56 or 57 people that needed to be added to the list. So once we did all of that we sent out uh, communications let everybody on the leadership know what would take place and then we uh, sent an email to all those that were going to be removed for the list and thanked them very much for their service to acb and said if you know for any reason you feel like this is being done um, inappropriately or inaccurately please let us know and we had a couple of people who reached out and identified themselves and otherwise you know we thanked them for their service and said please get in touch with your affiliate president if you would be like one of those be one of those three people nominated for the leadership list so that ended up to be about 80 or so people that we removed at the end of the day so that whole process has taken place everybody has been notified the leadership list is now up to date we've already had to add one new additional affiliate president just since we released the list two days ago so they come quick and fast and furious And I wanna really thank Nancy Christine Fila for all of her hard work in uh, in going through this process. She can now has access to add and remove people from the leadership list and she'll be our administrative contact to kind of make those uh, additions and deletions moving forward. And then the second thing we've done is we presented a draft and I would like uh, our board to vote on that here today uh, just to get a recommend us to go forward. Uh, but we put a draft uh, ACB leadership monitoring process guidelines in place we've socialized those out and we've had conversations with the affiliate presidents at their hump day happy hour last week Uh, and I just uh, would maybe turn it over to Deb to provide a little feedback uh, on the uh, she worked she worked tirelessly to draft uh, the monitoring guidelines so Uh, Deb, if you would like to say a few words on those, and then maybe we'll. And
19: before Deb does it, I have a question. Did we, did I miss, are we including our explorers and guides, the mentors and mentees on the list? Uh, Because I think we should.
0: We are not at this time. Um, I did have one um, member who wrote me and said to consider that. I wanted to go and get established first, but I haven't had a chance to have a conversation. Okay. With the maps P team to see if we think that's appropriate, uh, but uh, I, 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 that is under consideration, Chris. Yeah.
4: Okay. Thanks. Or maybe yeah. at what stage that would be because they're just getting started, so there might be a point at which that makes sense. That um, makes sense. Most yeah. most of the um, leaders from that are there. There are a couple that are probably not. Um, So, first of all, I do want to actually give credit to the people who worked on this because I do not get solo credit on this one. We actually started this process a couple of years ago. Um, People are tired of hearing about the fact that we need to do it and haven't done it and need to do it and haven't done it. But the uh, people who really worked um, very tirelessly on this and all I did was um, update it to what our current lifestyle is because things change, Uh, but Katie Frederick. Uh, who is the chair of the BOP, and and Kelly Gask from staff had uh, significant input into the original um, writing of of this thing that I tweaked. So I I definitely want to give credit where credit's due there. So um, basically, um, uh, let's talk first about the um, monitoring process. Um, the um, moderating and monitoring process is that um, uh, similar to what we put in place for conversation, and we actually need to revisit to align it a little better with this and then enforce that again as we were, because uh, it's kind of lapsed just a little. And we know that. So, but basically, the process is that if um, we, we specified the uh, kinds of things that would be appropriate to the list, the kinds of things that would be not particularly appropriate to the list. Um, we would advise people at first, especially as we're transitioning, because I think some people have habits, um, that will take a little bit of coaching to change. Um, but that we would remind people, um, that, that, uh, what they're posting is not part of and it's not so much inappropriate; it's it's just that it's not on topic for this list. So um, you know, don't don't think of it as punitive. Just think of it as being on topic. And see, one of the things that I think is important to understand is that uh, people have. People have some interest in, in some cases, in having tons of things come to one list because they perceive that they don't want to um, subscribe to more lists. But actually, if you subscribe to the lists of interest, or that are appropriate for you, you and you only receive the mail on those lists that are appropriate to that list, you'll actually receive less mail in the end. And that is what most people's goal has been, is to receive appropriate mail and receive uh, less of it. Um, you know, and so... Um, So that's been the issue. So we went really back to pretty much the original guidelines of this list uh, when Kim set it up in uh, 2014, I believe it was and um, basically looked at uh, topics that would be actually related to uh, the organization or leading the organization or of interest related to um, our our particular programs and services. So it could be uh, related to advocacy, it could be related to membership, it could be related to anything that ACB actually does. We also said that that should include um, information about major affiliate events. Um, So when your affiliate is having a convention or a major other event, um, including major fundraisers, that that, that's certainly appropriate to um, share here. What we said is not appropriate to do here, or off topic, as I said, would be the better choice, is uh, we do receive quite a few posts on this list of sort of generic community information about technology or about uh, things that other organizations are doing, if they really don't pertain to the leadership of ACB per se, um, Those should be probably sent to conversation if they might be of interest over there. Um, But the thing that we'd really like to see people do is to share information about where that information comes from that they're forwarding. For example, every day I see posts from David Goldfield's excellent list. And if you think those are excellent posts, you should subscribe to that and get it. So I think it's more useful to to do that rather than simply forward a a number of posts from someone else's list. And I realize we all have a delete key, but the volume of mail and finding mail in your inbox is is sometimes a real challenge. So uh, we really want to restrict um, that, and we're going to... um, do that. The other item that we're going to restrict is um, announcements of calls or meetings. I, I usually say calls because most of our meetings have a call attached to them these days, but meetings uh, or events that are not sponsored by ACB or its committees. So if your committee, for example, uh, this week membership is actually holding a series of uh, membership-related calls. They are the, the the property and the sponsorship of the ACB membership committee, and it's entirely appropriate for them to post those to the leadership list. But all of the other uh, over 100 calls per week that are on the community are posted to the community list, and uh, that is, and, and some of them also get posted to conversation. And I think it's, Completely inequitable that there are some people who can post their call information to leadership and other people who cannot. So the simpler way to do that is to say that this is about ACB events. And I don't want the moderators of the list to have to make a judgment about whether your event is an ACB event, and say, "Oh, this one's good. That one's that's too time-consuming and too much moderation." So it simply will be the events of the ACB um, uh, committees, boards, and whatever ACB specifically has. One thing that came up at the last BOP meeting, and I uh, added it to the policy at the last or policy process guidelines here at the last minute, is the thought that. Um, there might be some value in posting um, weekly to um, to the leadership list. A list uh, not including the Zoom information because sometimes that stuff changes, and the uh, community has chosen to kind of post calls the night before. But it might be helpful to um, to to post a list of sort of expected events that are not those ACB events, but that are different than just uh chat calls or you know but that have content or have guests or have things and those are um av- available right now to um facilitators in the community we see those and also um there are other items that I see come by on the leadership list that could be really appropriate uh, to that. So, um, so, um, if, if that's of interest here, that's been of interest elsewhere. So we added that to the process so that we could send out something once a week. But right now, the problem we have is people sometimes, m- uh, sending multiple posts about their event. It's going to happen this week. It's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen today. It just happened 20 minutes ago. Stop. So, um, we get, uh, we get, um, requests every day for this this sort of change to occur. So what we're hoping is to actually um, is to actually uh, work this out in a in a good way. Um, one of the issues about the maps, they've also actually created their own, Um, sort of form of leadership list. And so whether it makes sense to uh, ask them to be on another one or whether it makes sense to make sure that information that is available on one is is cross-pollinated to the other, it might reduce the number of people who get duplicate information. So we'll need to work with them and see what's the best way to do that. But essentially um, what we would like to do is establish this and then identify... um, a couple of people to help moderate it and to, to be able to use good judgment. And then we um, uh, want to um, recommend, we will be recommending to the BOP that they um, modify the conversation list a little bit as well. The big change there would be encouraging, strongly encouraging people to only post once about an event. So you don't have this sequence of traffic about every event or many events. So um, it's kind of experimental. It's been a while in the coming, but, you know, we really want to make the the leadership list um, very, very focused. Its purpose is not to provide information for you to forward to everyone else, um, anyone who wants to have information from ACB can subscribe to the community list, to the conversation list, to the media announce list. Um, and we need to sort of work with a media uh, task force. that's a committee that's just been formed to beef up the process for how that media announce list gets used. So it's kind of a process of working through all of our email communication and, and some of our other communication perhaps as well, but particularly how, we manage our um, email list. So this is the proposal, at least right now, with respect to um, the leadership list.
0: All right. Well thank you very much, Deb. I'd now like to consider a motion uh, to approve our ACB leadership monitoring guidelines. Ray Campbell has moved. Do I have a second? I'll second. Second, David Trot. All right. Any discussion?
18: I have a question, Mr.
0: President. Yes, go ahead, Jeff. Um,
18: Deb, mm-hmm. let's say, for example, that there was and there has been a number. I've done some. Mm-hmm. Um, something came across from NDRN to, for a sign-on letter for some advocacy sure. issue, which, mm-hmm. which not only affected ACB, but also its affiliates.
4: Yeah. I think that that would be be appropriate, yes. Sure, because again, it's part of the advocacy, it's part of the advocacy role, and it's also something that everyone wouldn't, Necessarily subscribe to or have easy access to. So uh, you send out some items like that. Chris sends out some items like that. I mean, yeah. various people do. And and you're only sending them once. You're not sending them eight times. And <laughs> yeah. And and again, many of those, particularly that you are sending out, relate to the um, it often relate closely to the advocacy initiative. So whether the advocacy committee officially sends it or whether you know jeff takes it on himself to to do that on behalf of that uh, i i don't see i mean we're, we're trying to um to monitor and moderate we don't want to police so um uh i certainly think that would make sense yeah
18: okay yeah. thank you mm-hmm.
0: all right hearing no other discussion all those oh sorry. Oh, terry's terry's wanting to discuss okay uh-huh. do we have a microphone for terry Uh, uh, I don't know if that's appropriate at this time, Paul, but but okay, go ahead, Terry.
20: There are a number of issues that I see I at least have questions on and I see as absolute problems with this with this document. Um, first of all, the leadership list has been around for 20 better than 22 years one of its original purposes was to get information out that would be of particular relevance to our organi- to the members of our organization and the responsibility would be for those who are on leadership to see to it that it gets to their affiliate members or wherever it needed to get to i believe that that should still be emphasized in this document, and I don't see it. Th- it is not. Yet. That is
4: correct, because our members have access to information in ways they've never had it before. So 22 years ago, or however many years ago, um, our members were not all on email, or many of them. Our members were not able to listen to this meeting. Um, so, no, it is not. It certainly might be used by people that way, but it is not an intent. Well, well if I, I do it, want to. It's, it's well, certainly. Well, let my, me let my, make my,
0: a point, because. Yeah. I do believe, just so this doesn't go unnoticed, yeah, all 67 affiliate presidents are on this list. Right. And so every affiliate, and they had the opportunity to nominate an additional three members to be part of this. So, yeah. so my my thought yeah. is all affiliates have the opportunity to take any information right. on this list and forward Absolutely. it on to their... Absolutely. And, that's what
20: I am, and that is what I am saying is that they do, but I think that we maybe should have a little bit of an emphasis on that that is part of their responsibility. When we Uh, start talking about... Most of what
4: comes on this list is actually available other places. And I actually have heard from a lot of affiliate people as well. Uh, And I agree that there's a mix. I mean, different affiliates handle things in different ways. But there are also people who say, I don't need to receive so many copies. I already get this from ACB. Um, so I think that presidents um, and those members who are their appointees to that list, if they find value in in forwarding any or all of it, they absolutely should.
20: I absolutely agree with you. That's my point. That I think that that should be in the be in this in this policy document.
0: Well, this is on monitoring the list, so I right. don't think it's
20: not a policy. Personally, I don't the think other- it applies uh, in,
0: in monitoring, but if. But as far as you know, you being a member to encourage people to to continue to communicate the information throughout the organization, definitely a thousand
20: percent. Absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think that this that the leadership list should be doing is to help encourage and emphasize things with the organization. Now, uh, uh, Deb, as I understood what you just said, that it will only be any Zoom calls, for instance, that are being sponsored by a committee
4: uh, be sponsored by any part of acb's organizational structure so it will be the board the board of publications and committees there and are committees. over 100 other calls
20: and we're not going to make a judgment on those calls and that's where i'm saying that i think that that's um, that that there's a problem there i'll give you an i'll use visibilities as an example I have in the past year done not less than nine specifically geared to special interest and state affiliate calls that were the purpose of which were to get the more information out to more members, to more people in the blindness community and in our uh, membership. Yeah. Excellent. About our affiliates. Sure. So, now we're not going to put anything like that? on So
4: leadership. I said that we would have one email per week where we will call from the beginning of the week the calls, which would perhaps include, would definitely include the calls you described, and um, but 9 out of 50 you know um but anyway yes we, that would definitely right. I'm, include I'm, I'm that
20: specifically would, thinking that, the ones that that would are.
4: definitely include those information about the fact that those will happen this week and then people can go to the sources where we post information about those to do that but again there are people who who have calls of of relevance um, that are not on the leadership list, so we need to move the calls to the appropriate place.
20: So um, those do. those and, calls and, and will be. And the community list is not necessarily the one. Yeah, I know that there are. We have what twenty four hundred or something yeah. people on the community list, but the vast majority of them, I do not believe, read that list on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And well, that's they may yeah. need oh, to. Yeah, yeah they may need to learn. I, 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 yeah. All right, let's. I think. Go on. One point of of this, Terry. I yield everything at this point, but I will vote against this. Thank you. Okay, Terry. At
0: one point of information I wanted to share, and I think maybe this is a good thing for for, uh, our list of moderators to work with the affiliate presidents list. Uh, I believe we've got some affiliate presidents here. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe they have nominated Sheila Young as an affiliate president, and she puts a post out on ah, the affiliate
4: yes, I was just uh, gonna,
0: president's excellent. list every yeah. week saying these are the events that have significant yes. importance right. to you as an affiliate president
4: okay and we're going to be doing something similar we'll need to collaborate
0: we could work collaboratively with the affiliate presidents i think that would be a good way to start for those type of that's um, great yeah i didn't realize they were doing
4: that and i was supposed to be on the hump day call and i came there and i there was no call um so um um um, so anyway um um it said i was in the right place and the right time the call information changed okay see Um, i didn't get that all All right. So anyway, it doesn't matter now, but that's why I was not there because I, I yeah. truly meant to be. But so, so I, if we're going to send that and they're going to send that and we collaborate on that, I think that's a wonderful solution. I, I think
0: that's a very good place to start. All right. Uh, any other comments, uh, discussion before from the board? All right. Any okay. All those in favor, signify by saying aye.
20: Aye. 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 aye.
0: Opposed? All right, Terry. Would you like your vote to be recorded in the meeting minutes? Okay, we'll make sure and do that. And was there anyone else that? She does. Uh, huh? Did somebody Mr. Chair, else say? She
5: doesn't want to be. Yes, she does. Mr. Chair. Say that again. Thank you.
0: Okay. Oh. Okay. So uh, Denise, you re- you have that recorded in the minutes. Denise Collie? Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you. All right. The last item before we get to break for lunch, and that is just, I wanted to make sure that everybody, we've got some upcoming uh, board of directors meetings. So uh, kind of expanding F a little bit, our next set of meetings are going to be to discuss the budget, both the revenue side. We typically, the first night, cover the revenue side of the budget, plus the budget for the ACB conference and convention And then the second night, we discuss the expense side of the budget, and then we vote the approval of the overall budget. So the proposal out there, at least uh, from Nancy uh, Becker, our chief financial officer, who is really important to this process, uh, she's got some things she's got to uh, get done here prior to Thanksgiving. So she would like to recommend for us that we do it the first two mondays in december uh in the evening starting at eight o'clock so those would be december 5th and december 12th so would those two days work for folks i know kim you may the adp committees don't all meet in december so hopefully we can work around that yeah 8 p.m eastern yes on the this would be the 5th of December for the revenue and convention side and the 12th for the expense side. Well, I'm hoping no more than 3 hours.
15: Yes. But, but
0: that's this board so uh you know it's less 3 or less. Yes, yes. Would would those dates work for everybody?
2: Yes. Okay.
0: Yes, yes I think all so. Right. Very good, very good. That, all right, if Nancy, if you get a place. And then the other is we'll have our next telephonic uh, full board meeting
2: at the end of
0: January. So that's Tuesday, January 31st, again, at 8 o'clock.
10: Mr. President. That'll be
0: can, the only bo- additional board meeting we have before the D.C. Leadership Conference. Question?
10: Yeah, Mr. President, can yes, we just Jeff? make sure we get calendar invites for these, please?
0: Oh, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, well, really I, we wanted to get. We'll do, yeah, a, please, we'll do a we'll do a save the date and then we'll add the we'll add the zoom uh in as soon as we get that
10: created yeah, that's that's hugely important
0: okay yeah so if we're all good on that now the other thing while we've got the key players here our budget committee which is Jeff, uh, David and Deb, Nancy, I believe you would like cuz the budget committee has to meet and go through all of this yeah. before the board goes through it So the proposed dates on that, I believe, are either the 16th or 17th of November to do the revenue side. And then hopefully that Monday, the 21st of November to do the expense side. So for Deb, uh, Jeff, and we were thinking maybe to do those as a morning event that would maybe. Uh, It is Thanksgiving week.
4: Thanksgiving week is that, yeah the twenty,
0: but we were going to do it only on that Monday morning. So, yeah. oh, by, we start at nine Eastern. By by Monday morning, okay.
2: No, I, no, you. Cool.
0: The twenty first, okay. So if we moved it back both back to the week before, could could the team do the 16th and the 18th? They would start at 10 a.m. Eastern or no, 9 a.m. Eastern, which would be 6 a.m. on the West Coast, which is Deb, you and Jeff.
10: That'd be fine with me.
0: I know you all like to do it then. Yeah.
4: Well, Jeff likes to I can't say I do <laughs> <laughs> All right so especially so, in the winter I
0: don't <laughs> Yes yes so we'd be good on the 16th and the 18th for those yeah Nine okay a- 9 a- 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 yeah mm-hmm. in 9 a.m Eastern okay yeah. okay. All right, thank you all very much. We will now be in recess until one o'clock. So thank you all very much. And uh, Rick
4: Lewis will be coming to stream you this afternoon. I will be still here in the meeting, but you will have an extra person up to the up to the there. point of your executive session.
0: Okay.